Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Going on, SFL Nation. It's Saturday night. It's that time once again for Inside the SFL. And this week I am joined by Mr. Alan Drum. The great Alan JD, a.k.a. Alan Drum, again. Let me try that again. Welcome to the SFL, ladies and gentlemen. This week I'm joined by the great Alan Drum. <laughs> exactly. Glad to have me, Doug. It's been a couple weeks. Uh... We've hit some bumps this past week, but, hey, like I told everybody, the show's not done. It's just started. Yes, the show must go on. It is what it is, and I'm not about to sit here and dwell on the past and sweat it. I'm here. I'm in the SFL. I'm part of the SFL. I'm not going nowhere. You've decided to step up. And join me tonight, and I appreciate it. You filled in well the other week when I needed somebody, so I figured, why not? You deserve another shot. So, let's have at it. Thank you, Doug. It's been a quite a journey the past few weeks. I mean, like I said, I've talked to you off, offline and everything, and I know you've, you've went through a lot this past week, but like I said, the show must go on, and we got a lot to get to tonight. Yes, sir. I'm letting everyone know on Slack now that we are live and we are on the air. Those of you who are in the chat that are under a guest handle, let me know who you are. In the meantime, Ramos Lynn, thank you once again for being a part of it. Jason, thank you again. Flavor 2K, Mr. Kanye Rockefeller himself. All those gentlemen are joining us in the chat, and we have a guest 4, 5, 6, and 8. I'm assuming one of them may be you. But, uh, yes, the show has begun. Uh, AJ Pick 6 has just joined us, as always. He is a regular, and I appreciate his support. So, I know everybody likes these power rankings, so I'm going to be getting into them here in just a minute. But before we do that, what do you have to say in regards to what happened last week in the ball games in the SFL, what stood out to you? What got your attention? What makes you sit back and say, "Hey, we should have known that," or "Hey, where did this come from?" Well, mostly I was very impressed with uh, Sioux Falls' victory. I mean, a lot of people was riding high on Orlando, going on with Zach Parker, and being held to six points. I mean, the boogeyman. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you was right now on him for the past few weeks, and I would like to give credit to Jason McGee. I mean, his defense really set, stepped up and really held them to six points on their 300th game. I mean, it was very impressive by Jason and his staff. That was probably the main point. Right. Yeah, Jason uh, earlier in the season sent me predictions and, and whatnot, and he had stated 
we will go 12 and 0. I kind of laughed at it. I still don't think that's going to happen. But after these two wins that he's put together, uh, dominating performance against Orlando, uh, come from behind victory against LA in Week One, we have no other choice but to now finally take that step back and say they are for real. Which isn't surprising. They were one of the best teams last year. Went eight and four, made it to the playoffs. So they're staying true to form this season already. I mean, exactly. I mean, they're uh, two down, 12 to go on your prediction, Jason. And, I mean, I, I believe they, uh, they got a favorable matchup this week um, also. And I like, the, I like them actually starting 3-0 this week. And that's 25% down already for Jason's prediction. Yeah, we'll be getting into all those games once I go through the power rankings. Figure we might as well break down each game as much detail as we can without being on the air till two in the morning, uh, which <laughs> we are known to do on this show. So we'll try to make sure we cover as much as we can, as fast as we can. Um, so we might as well just get to what everybody likes most. That would be these power rankings. So that being said, with these power rankings, I'm going to defer to you because you are unaware of the rankings. I have not informed you of anything yet. And I have a good time listening to predictions from you and those in the chat room when they like to chime in. Who is, in your eyes, because I always go in reverse order, who do you feel has the 16th ranking in the power rankings this week? Well, I mean, I would love, I mean, I would love for us not to get the 16th ranking. I have a feeling it could be us, but... There's one team in particular that I believe everybody's riding with right now, and I believe that's Carolina. So I will predict Carolina is number 16. All right, and we've got a couple picks of Carolina in the chat room. Uh, and that being stated, sitting 16th in the power rankings with 30 total points in the voting. Down one slot from last week, the Carolina Skyhawks. So, so you would be correct in your prediction of the Carolina Skyhawks. So that takes me to the next spot. Who would be 15th in the rankings? 15th? I think I'm going, well, well Mr. Guestate, even though I'm an offensive coordinator, and I don't take that too kindly <laughs> of you, Mr. Guestate. Guestate has just informed us that Houston I'm going to go ahead and go with Houston. Who'd you say? I would go with Houston, number 15. You would be incorrect. Yay! Sitting in the 15th slot with 53 points via the power rankings. Down four slots from last week, the Cleveland Vipers. That's absolutely shocking. I thought that would be a little higher than that. but I'd agree. I thought they'd be I a little mean, higher, too. I mean, exactly. I mean, I thought Cleveland would be ranked a way higher than that. Right. And look, yeah, number seven. And the only thing I made statements of to uh, everyone was these rankings are shock top to bottom this week. It was, like, out of mind, some of the rankings that were sent to me. Uh... I mean, I I will never say who voted what, who did not do what, but I know somebody had a team ranked 16th and another team ranked 15th. Both teams were 0-2. Uh, 
and this is where I was called off guard. The team they had ranked 16th, the two teams they had lost to were both ranked in their top seven. So, okay, they're ranked last, and they lost to two teams in the top seven. That's pretty good, tough competition. The team they had ranked 15th, both teams they lost to, this person had them ranked between 9 and 14. I don't understand I mean, the logic. <laughs> but to each their own. There had to be a reason why they did it, and I just didn't quite understand it. So as the season progresses and these rankings keep taking shape, it's going to be under, you know, really, really fun watching this. But back to the rankings. Who is 14th in the rankings? Well, I, if people want to go with surprises, let me go ahead and throw one here. I'm going to predict Indianapolis. No, they are not 14th. Looks like, I'm wor- looks like I'm worse than Case Keatum tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I'll tell you. Remember, Carolina had 30 points. Cleveland had 53 points. The 14th seed has 55 points. And I'll say this now. Number 12 through 15 are separated by five total points. Five total points. From, and if you want to go to number 11, they have 60 points. So from 11 to 15, they are separated by seven total points. So in the 14th seed with 55 points, down one slot, the Houston Hyenas. Well, I had them 14th in my poll. I mean, no surprise there. (laughs) Yes, you did. So I might as well jump right into the 13th seed. 13th position in the power rankings with 56 points. Who do you think it is? One point better than Houston. Well, I love you, Doug, but I think I'm going to project LA this time. And you would be correct. The LA Sharks are 13th with 56 points down one slot. So, So... That would be our rankings for the bottom four. Carolina, 16. Cleveland, 15. Houston, 14. L.A., 13. That is the bottom feeders, if you will. Going into the next four, number 12, who you got? Let's go with NYC. With 58 points, up four slots, the NYC Sailors. So they jumped from 16 to 12 with their victory over Carolina last week, who was seeded 15th. So I found that interesting. All right, let's jump right to the 11th seed. Who you got? 11. I'll go with Orlando. You are incorrect. At number 11 with 60 points, down two from last week, the Minneapolis Mullers. Oh, the most surprised team of the, this season so far, as you're talking about losses, a lot of people did not have them 0-2 starting the season. And as we find out, the road is not going to get easier, even if they go back home. Right. And I will I will give credit to uh, one Alex Dar, who's better known in the league as Gladwin Wolf. Uh, I believe his last name is uh, M-Y-M-A-J-C. I think I spelled that right. He, in a conversation with me, predicted that the Maulers would end the season four and eight. So that prediction is starting to look more and more possible. So 
So he based it just on team build and team build alone. So we'll see how close he gets to that 4-8 and eight prediction. Okay. Number 10. The first team to crack the top 10. Who do you think it is? I would have to go with Orlando. No. In 10th with 88 points. This is 28 points better than Minneapolis, who's in 11th. With 88 points, up four slots from last week. And number 10, the Oklahoma City Renegades. That is very unbelievable. I mean, uh, I thought I'll say it would actually be ranked a little lower mm-hmm. than that. I mean, but like I said, I mean, it's everybody's opinion, and they're going to project. But like I said, I mean... Their defense turned around this week, held y'all to less than seven less than points, and, I mean, the voters recalled. Right. Uh, just real quick off the rankings for a second. Uh, true shot caller, Frank Gooden, uh, X-Factor, Ronnie Nickens, Mighty RX. I didn't give you guys a shout. Thank you for joining us. Um, back to the rankings now. Um, the ninth seed... The ninth seed, who you got? Who you think it could be? I'll go with three for three again, even though I'm going to be probably riding this for a while. I'll go with <laughs> Orlando again. And you would be right this time. It's finally Orlando. Orlando is in the ninth seed, down one from last week with 97 points. So, just to give a quick recap to everybody, the bottom eight of the power rankings this week are in, obviously, reverse order. 16, Carolina Skyhawks. 15, the Cleveland Vipers. 14, the Houston Hyenas. 13, the L.A. Sharks. 12, the NYC Sailors. 11, the Minneapolis Maulers. 10, the Oklahoma City Renegades. And number 9, the Orlando Intimidators. Now we get into the top 8 of the league. This is where there's been a lot of shakeup. And a lot of shake-up. So you'll be shocked to hear some of these spots. So uh, who do you think's sitting at number eight? I think I'm going to go with your daughter's favorite team, the Queen City Corsairs. With 99 points, down six slots from last week, the Queen City Corsairs. Looks like I'm finally on a roll again. Hey, <laughs> got two in a row right. Exactly. So yes, Queen City has dropped from number two. Queen City dropped from two to eight following that loss to Baltimore and has 99 points. Okay. Which I find a little disheartening. I mean, they played a very tough Baltimore Crabs team, but I For mean... Sure. But like I said before, the voters do speak. I mean, Quincy mm-hmm. is in that uh, tough uh, dog range right now, and mm-hmm. they have a chance to rebound against y'all this week. So right. let's see how the Queen City Green Beans can do this week. And I will say this about the rankings. I did make that mention about that one set of rankings that I got that just made me go, huh? 99% of the rankings I get are legit good true looking rankings where it's like okay I can see that and then the next one that I get can be completely different than the one I just read and I can still agree with it because people are honestly putting their time and effort 
into legitimate, legitimately trying to rank these teams fairly. So even though I made that one mention, don't think that's what we're getting. These rankings are on the up and up. There's no bias. I uh, very, 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 very seldom do you see somebody vote for the team they play for, coach for, own, number one. It, it's hardly ever happened, you know. And when it has happened, I can see why. But it's been like one in a million, and we haven't had a million votes yet, but you get the point. So back to the rankings. I just wanted to make sure people understand that, not to discredit these rankings at all because they are good. They are legit, and we are on the up and up here. Okay. Number seven. Number seven. It's before you get to lucky number seven, I would like to mention also, I mean, when I did my ranking, I did it as a poll where I would think people would project that's why I put Houston at number 14, even though I do actually play for them and coach for them. Right. But number and seven. Man. Well, since you said that before I mentioned seven, uh, like when I do them, I legitimately look at what teams are doing, you know, as far as points scored, points allowed, yardages, yardages allowed, and who they're playing. I can see an 0-2 team better being better than a 1-1 team or a 1-1 and team being better than a 2-0 and team. Based on who you're playing, I can see that argument. I take everything under account before I do mine. So, And I'm assuming other people have their own ways of doing things, but like I said, no way is the wrong way, as long as you're thinking that's the fair way. So, yes, back to number seven. Who you got? Number seven, I think I'm going to go with the D.C. Dragons. And you would be correct. They are down three slots from last week with 125 points. The D.C. Dragons sit number seven. I so, mean... Yeah. Hey, they lost to a good ball club. So, that's nothing to be you know, ashamed of. I was shocked to see them slide three, but I also understand why they slide, why they went down three. And I'm sure everybody else will once they see the top six and understand the top six. So, who do you think's number six? Number six, I think I'm going to go with the Dallas Roughnecks. I'm going to go with the Dallas Roughnecks. You weren't didn't seem so sure there for a second. That was going to be who you wanted to go with. But I will say this. You would be correct. Yay. Now, here's the shocker. Here is the real shocker of the Dallas Roughnecks. Okay? Mm-hmm. And take a guess what the real shocker is with the Dallas Roughnecks. I'm going to guess they had a couple first-place votes. And you would be correct. They are ranked number six, as you as we just mentioned. And they have 156 points, up two slots from last week. And they had received two first-place votes. Unbelievable. I mean, there's some people starting to buy into Dallas and the old rock of Marconi. And this week, I mean, they do got a tough test, and let's see if they can even go even further up the rankings or bungee sling down for the bottom feeders. Right. And as I've said, these are confidential rankings, and they always will be. Um, and rem- and I want to make sure everybody remembers when these official power rankings were released for the very first time, a particular member of this league 
voted Orlando, or not Orlando, I don't know why I said, said Orlando, voted Dallas number one from the preseason poll. That was his vote. And mm-hmm. now they're 2-0. So, at 2-0, it makes one wonder, you know, just how much we look like a bunch of idiots questioning that original vote. So, we shall see. Exactly. We'll get into the game this week because it's an entertaining one. All right. Now we're to the top five. And before you go into the top five, I do remember Cleveland not to hurt Bronny Nick Phillips. I remember them starting 2-0, and and actually they fell down the slide a little bit and did not make the playoffs that year. Yes, it can happen. And just like any team sitting 0-2 could be the team to beat here in a couple weeks, for all we know. That's the enjoyment of this league. Just because you're down or up now doesn't mean it's going to stay that way the whole time. Got to keep pushing. You know, and to quote to quote Dr. Sim, it's just a jigsaw puzzle. You got to keep working at this thing. Uh, it was one of the most truest statements I've ever heard on Inside the SFL. Exactly. And he, and he was. <laughs> and he was spot on with that statement. And it was just like, wow. You know, and that's I'm, I'm learning that now that I have a team under my control. But yeah. Good stuff. So, back to the rankings. Who do we got number five? Number five, let's go with a Tallahassee fraud. That would not be correct. Wow. In the fifth seed with 163 points. Sitting in the fifth seed yet again. They did not go up. They did not go down. The Baltimore Crabs. And this is a case in point. What I was saying about one team being better than another team based on record. The league as a whole has voted the Baltimore Crabs with seven more points higher than the Dallas Roughnecks, who are undefeated while they are 1-1. One and one. And I'm more than willing to bet a lot of people can understand why. And a lot of people, those same people, could understand why you would vote it the other way around. So this is one of those things I was talking about, where I can see it both ways and understand both arguments. So, Yes. I mean, I can see it both ways as well, too. I mean, Baltimore, they lost in a last-second game to the Louisville Wolfpack that could potentially be the number one team. Who knows by right now? I mean, these (laughs) rankings have been shocking. Yes, they have. But all right, let's just keep this, this rolling. And I'll mention that again. Eight, Queen City. Seven, D.C. Six is Dallas. Five is Baltimore. Now we're getting into the final four, the top four dogs in the fight. Who is the fourth of those four dogs? Fourth, I think I, I think people's more on the Tallahassee bandwagon. I think I'm going to go with the Sioux Falls Bears at number four. And number four with 171 points, up two slots in the ranking. The Tallahassee Pride. Oh, wow. And the one shock that bothered me was like, wow, they didn't get a first place vote. I thought for sure they were going to get at least one first place vote, but they didn't. And I was like, okay. And they were high as two on a couple couple boards. So, to Frank, I know you're in the room. You've been as high as two now. Last week, I don't think you got past number three. So the bandwagon's getting hotter and hotter. Keep pushing. And I know coming up you got Dallas, and we'll get into that game. So 
That's going to be a fun one. So, yes, Tallahassee Pride is number four. Who do you think is number three? I think I will go with the... Mm, I think I'll go with the Seacall Spirit. I'm number three. With, with, and you'll like this number, with 179 points, which is eight better than Tallahassee. And they received three first-place votes, up four slots, the Sioux Falls Sparrow. Amazing. The Sioux Falls climbed from seven to three, earned themselves three first-place votes. They are starting to get people on the bandwagon. I mean, I will be honest, they had me on the bandwagon this week also. I mean, I put them at number two, and, I mean, I I mean, I mean, believe Jason really turned his defense around. I mean, get credit, Jason. I've always had respect for the, their organization the past year and, well, two seasons. And he's doing something right out in Sioux Falls. Yeah, well, Jason said to me more times than I could count last season, that his defense would be much better had he invested something into linebackers. Coming into the season, he invested everything into linebackers, got himself not one, not two, but three. And last year he rode, if I'm not mistaken, anywhere between 12 and 16 all year long and ended up finishing 15th after Houston put up 6,598 yards on Oklahoma City in that shootout. And that helped him move to the 15th slot. And as we sit now, he is the number four defense in the league. Linebackers, anyone? Exactly. I mean, linebackers, I've always preached it. I mean, a lot of teams do not listen. I mean, linebackers are very important in the SFL. I mean, as you notice, I mean, look at Sioux Falls' defense last year and look at it this year. It's gradually improved. I mean, like I said, Jason has really done a lot of work this off season, and he has done a great job. And they're going to be a tough outing to get beat. Yes, I can speak from experience. Had him on the ropes, thirteen to three. Figured the game was well in hand. He ends up coming back and gets us by seven. So, yeah, I can speak from experience. And I'm sure he's he's like, you're welcome. But uh, we. <laughs> Might as well keep these power rankings rolling along. We are now down to the final two teams. Who do you think is sitting at number two, and who is the number one team in the league? What is your pick? Who's one, who's two? I mean, my heart says it's going to be number two, Santa Fe, and number one, Louisville. But so many people have bought Mr. Ramos as a win's team. And I am going to do a shocking prediction. I think it's going to be Louisville 2 and Santa Fe 1. All right. How about I tell you this before I tell you who's 1, who's 2. The second seed has 188 points. The number 1 seed has 190 points. They are separated separated by two total points. Now, here's the real catch. One of them has five first-place votes. The other one has three first-place votes. Now that you know that, are you sticking to your gun? Yes, I'm going to stick to my gun. I'm going to say Santa Fe 1, Louisville 2. All right. Okay. Now we'll tell you now. With 188 points, 
and five first place votes is the second seed. And 190 points and three first place votes is the number one seed. And for the first time in the power ranking, we have a new number one. Louisville is two. Santa Fe is one. I'm not shocked. I mean, to be honest, I mean, a lot of people have bought Mr. Ramos Lynn's, I call it Minneapolis attack from winter 15, and a lot of people's riding with him being number one. I mean, I'm not shocked over the people that does the ranking. I had Louisville number one. I mean, I believe Louisville is the clear favorite number one, but, I mean, the interceptions are starting to get, and who knows? I mean, Houston could throw off an upset this week as we will go on later on in the cast. And I will mention this. I don't. I won't show the actual votes from anybody. Like I said, it's all confidential. Uh, Santa Fe has two less number one votes than Louisville, yet two more overall points, which goes to show, even though Louisville is two and zero and has been there since the beginning, people are starting to come off the bandwagon just a bit because of the points they're allowing, the yardage they're giving up. They're sneaking away with wins and stealing them near the end and things of that nature. While people think Santa Fe are just clobbering from the time the gun goes and the clock starts to the time the game ends. But uh, I can see, for me on a personal vote, a note, Santa Fe, Louisville, Sioux Falls, Tallahassee, and I'm going to give Dallas their credit. They're all 2-0. If any one of those teams would have came out number one this week, I could make an argument for any one of them to be the number one team. So kudos to Santa Fe for being the number one seed. Kudos to all those owners who currently have their team sitting 2-0 and as we head into week three. And everybody's starting to get their feet under them. People are starting to do those tweaks to their playbook and making things better. Um, I just got a feeling one of these teams that are doing really good are going to slowly start to slide back into the mid-pack. And I believe one of these teams that have been suffering are going to start moving their way back towards the front. I just got that feeling we're going to see a lot of shuffling here over the next few weeks. I mean, exactly. I mean, I can, I mean, I see the main argument for Louisville not being number one is Skeletor Keith Funk. I mean, the dude has <laughs> 10 interceptions and how long is Louisville going to outscore their opponents and that many interceptions. I mean, Dallas, I mean, Houston has hired a new head coach in Greg Corsi that knows about the game on defense, and I can see Houston's defense actually improving better than they were against Tallahassee. And, I mean, by non-biased point, I mean, Louisville better be ready Thursday. Right. And And that's like a perfect segue if you will, and that is to get into these games that start tomorrow night. Um, And we'll start with the game on SFLN2. Based on the power rankings, we got number 9, Orlando, at number 15, Cleveland. And just to give people a quick quick hitters on this, this game, the defenses for Orlando and Cleveland are number 3. Despite Orlando's struggles, wow, just ignore the ignorance in the background. Uh, Orlando is number three in defense, and Cleveland is number seven in defense. And when it comes to the offense, 
both teams are struggling as they are the two bottom feeders at 15 and 16. This could very well be the game of who can find their footing offensively and get the victory here. I mean, exactly. I mean, and I'm not going to make a prediction just yet. We'll do that later on the show. But, I mean, if Cleveland would pull the win tomorrow night, I would not see it as an upset. I mean, I see them two very similar to each other. I mean, they're very close in in actually overall teams. I mean, I've seen both of them have their highs and lows this season. And, I mean... It would not be surprising if Cleveland does pull off the win. I mean, it could be an upset over the power rankings data, but I wouldn't count it as an upset. I mean, I mean, for my biggest argument for the power rankings, I just don't see how Cleveland is number 15. I mean, you almost beat the defending champions in week one. I know you had a bad thing in Dallas. Is the top 16. I mean, you had them playing a very close game this season. A week against them, and I just don't see how Cleveland can be a number 15 team. Other than that, I mean, I can make a very good argument with every power ranking this week. Well, that's the thing, you know, like I say, when I look at the games that they've been in and the situations they've been in, they've played Queen City, and this is talking about Cleveland. They've played Queen City, and they've played Dallas. Okay, let's be honest here. This is two teams and people are going to knock the offense, saying they don't have any offense. For somebody who thinks Cleveland doesn't have any offense, don't know what the hell they're talking about. Because this is two teams that are ranked two and six in the league right now, defense. I mean, I'd have to go look at every team, but what offense has hit two tougher teams to start the season? I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there who may have, but I'm just, you know, since we're talking about Cleveland. I mean, Dallas only gives up 314 yards a game, and Queen City gives up 361, okay? And in those games that they had against Queen City and Dallas, Cleveland was only able to get 278 yards, and against Dallas they were able to get 251. So clearly they're not getting the yards they want. We all know this. That team was explosive, and everyone thought they were going to bounce back this year and really challenge and really whatnot. Uh, kudos mm-hmm. to um, Mario Savage for having such a tremendous defense right now. Has him ranked seventh. A rookie quarterback coming in gets handed the keys to the defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that leads me right here to Dallas, you know, and I'm going to mention this with Dallas. They're ranked eighth offensively, which mm-hmm. I'm sure even Steve Mullinex is happy to be that high because he struggled a little bit offensively. And his defense, not a shock to me, number two in the league. He was number one last year overall. He is a defensive guru. You know, it, when I went through what I went through with L.A., if he didn't own a team, I'd have went right to him for the defensive coordinating job. So, you know, that's the thing with Dallas there. But Orlando, they struggled against OKC. Could have lost that game. There's no question about that. And last week, they just weren't in it. Could it have been because of the weather with Sioux Falls? Did that have anything to do with it? Is Sioux Falls that for real? Could have been a combination of the two. And as you said about first predictions, yeah, we'll make the predictions about this one, but if you pick either team to win and tell me why, I probably would agree with either either side of this. It, it's a, one of the more appealing games, I think, for the week. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I could see both arguments, 
But I mean, I mean, I'm not to make a prediction. I mean, I can see it both ways. But as you get back to the point where uh, Sioux Falls, I do believe they're for real. I mean, I bought in they would win the West this season uh, during the preseason show. I mean, Sioux Falls is a very good team, and people need to realize that Sioux Falls is for real and could find a way to championship uh, Saturday or Sunday when Cam chooses to play the game. All right. Um, and before we get into the next game, which will be the game of the night, I've noticed that uh, East Carolina, Oklahoma has been on the call. I just had an opportunity to get to them. So I'm going to bring this person on and see who we have. Uh, Oklahoma, who do we got? Uh, uh, what's up with this, uh, Deion Hawkins? I, I'm on my phone, so I couldn't <laughs> be on the chat. So I was just here chilling, listening. <laughs> Deion Hawkins, running back, DC Dragons. Uh, I'm assuming after two weeks, uh, you've been resting your legs in warm milk or whatever you can come up with. Uh, just, something like that. Up and yeah, down all over the field. Yeah, I just been chilling. I'm kind of upset about that win. I can't believe we lost. Like, I don't understand that many interceptions. I mean, six turnovers and lose a game. So it's unfathomable to me. Like, it's ridiculous. Right. Um, we'll touch on that, but I just want to touch on you as a personal level. How does a virtual unknown who comes in the league after the draft, um, you was able to, you know, have the D.C. job fall on your lap due to, you know, unfortunate circumstances, and yeah. here you here you are after just two games, averaging two hundred and fifty three and a half yards a game, five hundred and seventy total yards on the year. Your worst performance. This listen to this again, ladies and gentlemen. His worst performance of the season so far was two hundred and forty three yards. Some guys would die to have that just once in their life, and it is your worst performance. How does someone who's basically virtually unknown come into this league and do this kind of damage this quick? Shit, just hard work. I mean, ain't nobody expectations higher than my own, so it don't matter if it comes from nowhere or been in the league three, four years, I expect to be number one in the win. So, shit, just hard work, effort. Word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, shit. Uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, all right, since we got you on the call this Thursday, uh, the Dragons will travel to Oklahoma City. You both go in one and one. Uh, and you are going to be going up against the number one ranked defense in the league. Now, this is the number one ranked defense in the league, and they are ranked sixth in the league against the rush, only allowing 83 yards a game. How do you prepare for that? Uh, same way I prepared the last two weeks. I just do me. Uh, it don't matter who line up across the ball. They're going to get ran through, stiff arms, spit, and juke, just like the last two, so. They're going to number one defense. They're going against the number one rusher. So it should be a heavyweight fight. And we're going to see who come out on top. Yeah, that's going to be a nice contest to watch. Alan, got anything to ask? Oh, Mr. Hawkins, um, nice to meet you, by the way. Offense coordinator for the Houston Ionians, a.k.a. J.D. Lawson. Um, I'm not going to speak to you, but I know you've got an outstanding owner. I mean, he's a very good guy. I mean, he's the only guy that, Put me into a bind in my cat game. I've known him for a couple of years. I mean, I believe he's going to have y'all guys prepared for the rest of the season. I mean, I've seen uh, Dean Sim. I mean, I'm not going to go exactly because who knows who's listening to Louisville right now on our game plan. Our playbook still ain't due. But 
I think you had a very good game on, and I mean, I just want to know how's it feel uh, replacing a good legend. I mean, rest in peace, this whole in Richard Snowden. How does it feel to step in his shoes? I mean, um, we've asked Max Mac Wavy the same question. I want to know how's it feel to step in his shoes. I was kind of nervous at first because I knew it was gonna be high expectations. Cause the Dragons, that's what they do. They run. They're a running team. So I was a little skeptical at first if I could get it done. But then when the time came, it was I knew what it was, and we were going to get yards. So it was, it was a little nerve-wracking at first, but I'm just trying to – I dedicated the season to Mr. Snowden because once I've seen him play, he was official. He was one of the best running backs in the league. So we feel good to be able to take that and keep going along and keep fulfilling the legacy. Basically, just keep running with it. I mean, but yeah, Destro, he definitely, he's probably the best on the league. I'm a little biased, but that's my guy. So I'm glad I'm having happy I signed with him. Um, I mean, I can add to myself, I mean, Jermaine, Mr. Jermaine Smith is an outstanding guy. I've talked to him numerous of times the past few years. I can tell, him, I can tell you right now he's a well good friend of mine, and I mean, if, if the time would have been, I would have actually went with y'all. I mean, I chose Houston because me and DeMond, I mean, he offered me first, and I felt like it was right for me to go with Houston. I mean, but the question is, uh, do you feel like uh, y'all are in a turnaround from last season? Last season, y'all kind of had a down year after winning the y'all's first championship during my time I was off. Yeah, I kind of feel like we basically getting back to what we know where we should be, which is one of the best teams in the league. Last year, it happens to a lot of good teams. teams even the Patriots, Packers, they fall off every now and then, but they know that's not the expectation. So even if they have a down year, they're going to come back next year, and you expect them to just be in the playoffs. So that's how we feel in D.C. We know we had a bad year, but this year is getting back to where we know we should be, So, which is at the top. Exactly. I mean, I mean, if you want to know anything about the game, I mean, you've got a outstanding leader in Jermaine Smith. I mean, the dude is real nice. He will talk anything with you. He's a wrestling guru. Football guru, two K sports guru, you can name it. But uh, I mean, you got a great leader. But I mean, also y'all got this defense coordinator, INF and Problem. He is very active in the chat. And I mean, I believe DC is in a turnaround. And I know y'all are probably gonna extend y'all's rival with Baltimore since Indianapolis is no longer in the conference. So oh um, yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Doug? No, I think you've been cuffing it. I think that was pretty good. All right, good deal. Um, um, if I get back to the cow, I'll get back to the Cowboys game now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you enjoy the game. All right, everybody, oh. Deion Hawkins, running back from the D.C. Dragons. We appreciate the call. Very nice guy. I mean, that's the first time I actually got to talk to him, and I believe he's under good hands, Doug. I mean... Jermaine Smith is a power force to be reckoned with in this league. Right. So, uh, yeah, we can cover more of that when we get to the D.C. game. Um, So we just covered Orlando Cleveland. So let's talk about the game that will be aired on SFL1 with Cam's uh, commentary. We have, per the power rankings, I'll mention this, the number four team in the power rankings, the undefeated Tallahassee Pride. 
at the number six team in the power rankings, also undefeated with two first-place votes, I might add, the Dallas Roughnecks. So we got a battle of two of the few remaining undefeated teams. One is ranked higher than the other, although the lower one had some first-place votes. Uh, so it's an overall good matchup, and just uh, some couple quick hitters here. Uh, when it comes to the defense, Dallas is ranked number two in the league, allowing just 314.5 yards a game, and Tallahassee is number five, allowing 357. For those of you unaware, the Tallahassee Pride have allowed the least touchdowns in the league with just two, and Dallas is number two in the league with three. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Dallas is ranked eighth in the league, 393 yards, and Tallahassee's number 14 with 288.5. Proves that defenses can win championships. Uh, your thoughts on this game? My thought is can either team score enough points? I mean, both teams have outstanding, I mean, potential. I mean, can Lane, Lane find the end zone? Can Mr. Arthur Marconi find his four receivers in the end zone? I mean, I believe this is going to be a baseball, actually a baseball type of score. I mean, it would not be surprising. I mean, whoever allows the most touchdowns, I mean, I know it sounds kind of obvious that's a, the name <laughs> of the game, but I mean, in all sincerity, it's true. I mean, you've got Tallahassee. I mean, they held us to 13 points after we scored 41 week one against number two, I mean, number one now, Santa Fe, and I mean, you got Dallas. I mean, Dallas is the Cinderella slipper this year. I mean, they had a down season, their expansion season, and it looks like Steven has finally held his ground this season. I mean, I mean, I mean, can Rocco Marconi find the outright with his defense? I mean, the thing is, the thing is, I mean, you've got Rocco Marconi and Gold, but you've got all the receivers that are bought. But on the other hand, I mean, you only got the silver receiver and Dwayne laid the gold. I mean, you've got two good defenses. So I see whoever wins the game is going to be the one that actually scores the first touchdown. Well, let's put it this way. We're mentioning touchdowns. Uh, but let's remember, Tallahassee has already proven this year they can win a football game without scoring one. So we'll see where that goes. And because um, Mr. Bo Davis, with his 187 kicks in one game, I mean, well, five to be, you know, factual. So, I mean, it's uh. And we all know in the 2010, Bo knows field goals. <laughs> is that what it is? Exactly. I mean. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, i got to do a little Raiders chant. I know you're a big Raiders fan. Congrats on the preseason win the other night. Yeah, I'm, the only thing I'm worried about with that game is that Mario Edwards isn't too hurt. So preseason to me means everything. A lot of people say it means nothing. Wins and losses mean nothing in preseason. This is where you build your roster. This is where you find your depth. And teams are only as good as their depth. And many teams know this. So preseason means everything, and I was very happy with the depth that I seen last night. I just hope Mario Edwards is okay, but let's get back to the SFL. Exactly. Uh, this is not <laughs> inside the NFL. If not, I would start talking about Russ Barthur Agro's next extra point. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was about. But, uh, preseason. 
Like let's get back to get to the Dallas tally game one one more time here for a couple seconds. Two of the better defenses, no matter what anyone says. You know, major contrast offensively. I mean, obviously, when you've got four wide receivers and a gold running back, they're all the way up at number eight. Tallahassee down to 14. But the difference in yardage is only like 104, 105 yards max. And they're doing it with one star receiver, as you had already mentioned. So mm-hmm. to me, So to me, the 14th rank in offense, almost 300 yards, is actually very impressive considering the circumstances of the offensive build with the pride. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, this could come down to whoever possibly scores the first touchdown. Uh, I'm honestly thinking, you know, that this game may come down to a late turnover to see who wins this game because I'm expecting a better game than most people, I think, might be thinking. You know, on paper, you have to pick Dallas just because of the overall rankings, you know. But you also have to take into account who they've played. Does that affect what you would think of each team? You know, so it's going to be very interesting where the where the picks go in this when people make their decision in their picks with the, uh, the pick them that they do in the SFL, which you can do. And you can find that on simulationfl.com. Just hit the donate button and get with it. And so we will. Or if you're, or if you're poor like me, you can just do the free one with uh, Mr. Jason McGann and who you got. Yes, who you got. And then when you're done making your picks, he'll remind you, go pay a dollar, you bum. But, uh. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> my service are bums. I mean, unfortunately, I don't have a brand new Buckner shirt. Yeah, I've still got the old one. <laughs> but, I mean, oh, if you pick for free, go ahead and. <laughs> yes, once once I get things worked out with me sitting with my situation financially, which is very tough right now, currently trying to work and get some money together for an apartment, you know, maybe, just maybe I'll be able to do it, but we shall see. Uh, but back to the business at hand. Those are the Sunday games. That is Orlando at Cleveland on SFLN2 tomorrow night and Tallahassee at Dallas on SFLN1 on the main network. Which leads us to the Wednesday game where we have a lineup of three games, and we will start with the game that's on SFLN3. Um, you have to bear with me on this because I have an announcement to make with this game that has been brought to my attention. But before I get to the announcement, I'll mention the information for this game. Per the, uh, the rankings, number five, Baltimore Crabs, who are 1-1, one and one, will be traveling to the 0-2, shockingly enough, of the 11th seed Minneapolis Maulers. The quick hits for this game, the Baltimore Crabs are ranked 8th in the league in total defense. Minneapolis is ranked 13th offensively. Baltimore is ranked 5th in the league, and Minneapolis is ranked 7th. Uh, and to the breaking news that has been brought to my attention, and I want everybody to be aware that it was uh, announced out of Baltimore Crabs headquarters not long ago that the team has officially dropped the assistant from assistant defensive coordinator Max Paul, who is at Mighty RX. He is now 100% in charge, and he is the official defensive coordinator. So congrats to him. Congrats, congrats to Max Paul. I mean. We were, I mean, even Houston was going after him at 
first. I mean, I remember Mr. Mighty RX. He is a very tough guy in CAG. I mean, he deserves the job. And congratulations to Mr. Max Paul. He is a very active Jaguars fan. And you can find him at Mighty RX. Really friendly guy in South Florida, as it says on his Xbox Live. So congratulations, Mr. Max. Yes, class dude, good dude. Uh, and I like it. So, uh, yes, to get to this game now, you know, I don't want to take away from him. <laughs> wow, that was news to him. He just let us know, LOL. It has been made official. Marty. You're Mr. my buddy. TJ. Mr. TJ informed me via Slack in a private message to make the announcement when we got to the Baltimore preview and wanted me to make sure you were in the chat listening when I made the announcement so you could enjoy it. <laughs> So, and A.J. Barnes has joined the chat. Welcome. All right. Now, to that game, Baltimore and Minneapolis. Minneapolis can't fall to 0-3, can they? (laughs) I believe, actually, they can. And this used to actually be a big rivalry game. I I mean, if you look back in the old days, it's the one that gave Baltimore their first loss in the regular season. I mean... And that was my actually last game as Minneapolis's uh, assistant last year. I mean, this this well, this used to be known as Tag Ball, but so many teams in that and Tag now. I mean, you got too many teams in that in the SFL with Tag members. You can't call it Tag Ball anymore. So I mean, it's still going to be a good rivalry interconference matchup. I mean, you got two of the best. Guys, I know in Thomas Patternanny and TJ Speaks, Ken Johnston. I mean, but I mean, if you look at it, Minneapolis has scored a lot of points last week. I mean, even with the backup, I believe McLevy is finally not hurt this week. So the backup, I mean, I'm sorry, but you're going to be sitting on the bench and doing TVTs and field goal attempts, holding for your kicker. But I believe this game could be a good game, actually. I mean, Baltimore's defense did really improve last week, though. I mean, they look kind of shaky against a Louisville team, but, I mean, Ma- I mean, Mr. Max Ball got the job for a reason, and he held the defending champions to, I believe, seven points last week. Right. And for those of you who just heard Alan make the mention of Cag Bowl, and this used to be a big rivalry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you've never seen the video, you can lo- go look for it on YouTube. When Baltimore played the Mowers a few seasons back, and <laughs> the Mowers won... He proceeded to post a video on YouTube entitled, The Riot Breaks Out After the Mullers Win the CAG Cup in the Director of Promo's Office. And he is sitting there jamming out to DJ Cali with his champ's ring on his finger. And it was one of the most priceless videos I've ever seen. And that's what I always think of first when I see these two teams are playing. And for those of you who have never seen the video, I just posted the link so you can go enjoy a few minutes of that. Um... Yeah, it was it was it was funny, but that's what I think of. I can't help it. I think of that video of you dancing exactly. for four minutes um, in your chair, I'm, bugging out because the mallers got 
the victory. <laughs> you know what's so weird? Actually, the Super Bowl was played on that day. That's actually how I got that little ring. I believe it was <laughs> the Super Bowl from two years ago. Do you still have Franklin that ring? In Seattle. Do you still have the ring? Yeah, I actually do. I got it some. I got it somewhere in my thing. I mean, I've collected rings over the year. I got some from the Broncos Super Bowl from last season. I mean, we got it at a little grocery store. I mean, little really really cheap cupcakes. You can find them like during Super Bowl time. I usually try to collect them each season. Right. But uh, yeah, as you were saying, though, get back on topic with this game. Um, I can honestly see Baltimore putting a big blowout victory, or I can actually see Minneapolis bounce back. I can see a close one. This game can be all over the map. Um, And for those of you who have been wondering, when it comes to, quote-unquote, the double uh, defensive end that they stuck on their roster, it's actually been working, if you really pay attention. So the double defensive ends that the Maulers decided to use isn't too far-fetched. And I honestly think as he begins to tweak his playbook and mess with his playbook, he just might be able to start snapping on teams and get it going. So we shall see. So, uh, yeah. I would like to touch one more area on this game, too. I mean, Mr. Kyle Drake, I mean, he's going to be looking at the right side on that. I guess he's a new receiver down at Baltimore. Yes, I'm not kept up too much with Baltimore this season because I'm in the other conference. But, I mean, Tyreek, uh, the generic corner, I mean, I believe he's going to have his hands full again. I mean, he was no match for Nick T. Quit last week. And Matt Wilson and Nick T. Quit put a complete beating on him. I mean, to be honest, I mean, Minneapolis at times uh, in that game looked like freaking Tampa Bay's defense from last season. Right. Just to touch on it. That will be the case this season, but they did remind me of Tampa Bay's defense last season with them yellow unis. Right. Just to touch on it, Wayne Inzer's at the bronze, Michael Osei is at the silver, and Prince Escobar is at the gold for the, the Crabs. So it looks like Big Mike's going to have a good. Already he's moving up to college, but looks like he's going to have a little road trip to Tyreek and run through it on Wednesday night. Possible. Right. So, yeah. That mean. So we might as well get into the next game. A game that's got a hot. A lot of hot comments to it. A lot of hype behind it. Um, ironically enough, it is the 16th team in the power rankings and the number one team in the power rankings. So you got the best against last, and you have the matchup of the double gold corners against the double gold receivers. And just to touch on the, the quick hitters for this, uh, offensively, Santa Fe is ranked number one, head and shoulders above everybody else with offensive yardage. And Carolina is actually higher than you would think. They're at number 10. Okay, when you get to the defense, Carolina's defense is ranked number 9 in the league. And Santa Fe is ranked last. Santa Fe is the only team in the league that is gaining over 500 yards per game and allowing over 500 yards per game. So, could this be the game where the 500 yards a game ends? 
and Carolina can pull with a huge upset? Is this the game where Carolina explodes offensively due to the defense lacking? Or could it be the total opposite of what the numbers are showing us? There's so many possibilities with this game. It's piquing a lot of interest. I mean, exactly. I mean, you're looking at Carolina. I mean, they do got the two gold corners, but they have really struggled this season. I mean, I mean, they did kind of have a better game against uh, NYC last week, holding them to oh, lesser points than they gave up uh, a whole bunch of 40s in week one against D.C., but can Johnny English get it going? I mean, after, I mean, a gold running back, I mean, he looks like during his days of, of the Dallas Stars out there. I mean, can my can James Kwan and Shane Bonner and Kurt get that team offense running? I mean, uh, if they could, I mean, we could find a huge upset. I mean, because... Like I said, I mean, Carolina has got the defense to actually stop Ramos' winner 15 million Apple's Mauler's attack. But and to touch on that, just to touch on that, just to make sure you uh, guys understand, Santa Fe is running with the bronze running back. Carolina's defense is ranked 15th in the league against the run, while their pass defense now, remember, the other team with the two gold corners are ranked number three. They are the third best team in the league. They're only allowing 221.5 yards a game through the air. And they're going up against a team that more than doubles that every game. So something's clearly going to give, and what's it going to be is anyone's guess. Exactly. I mean, but if you touch on the point, too, I mean... Uh, the bronze running back did. I mean, I know we're talking about Minneapolis again. Poor Minneapolis. I mean, I'm trying not hard on them. I have the world respect for TFAT, but the bronze running back actually looked like a silver or gold last week. I mean, he had like over 100 yards, I believe. And if that's the factor, I mean, you've got to punch in Santa Fe. Right. Whole, this whole game has appeal all over the place, and you would think it not when it's the best versus the worst per the power rankings. I just find it interesting. Exactly. I mean, it looks like Ramos has finally got his running game actually going in the screens also. And, I mean, I know he was completely shut out against Houston, but, I mean, if you look at Minneapolis, I mean, I mean Minneapolis did struggle against the run last week. Overall, Bond's running back. And then Carolina, I mean, Carolina 15th in the league. That could be the factor. Right. And Santa Fe's ranked 14th in the league in rushing, only averaging 57.5 yards a game, and that's going to be good for 14th. Uh, so, you know, he he doubles up. He doubles up the last team, and that's Sioux Falls, who's only averaging 28.5 yards a game rushing. But we'll touch on that when we get to Sioux Falls. But, uh,. It's it's an interesting matchup. Um, I'm assuming everybody but Carolina fans and Carolina players and Carolina staff, everyone else will be picking Santa Fe just because they're the undefeated team. I'm guessing that's the way it's going to go, but I will not be shocked. And this is because the defense is suspect. If 
someone can slow down that offense just a bit, just a bit, could it be enough? And all you got to do is look at the Minneapolis box score, the generic QB, after Mac Wavy went down. Didn't do too bad, and considering it was generic numbers, when you look at it, those types of numbers are respectful for starters and star players in this league. It was 240 yards, two touchdowns. He did have the three picks. I think it was like 30-some passes completed, and it was just a little over 40 attempts. It was a hell of an accuracy. Great rating. So, you know, if someone can get the ball going, but the thing is, once you get the ball going, you got to keep going because if you slip up for a second, Santa Fe is going to eat you up. Exactly, and just to point out that uh, you were talking about the predictions, currently in who you got, Santa Fe's up 15-4, to 4, so it does look like it could be just a step picking Carolina. Yeah, in the, in the, in the who you got, uh, the four, as you were mentioning it, that have them picked are James Klein, Bengals, one fan, Lil Mel, all Skyhawks, and your boss, D.R. Sim. Mr. Demond Simeon are the only ones who, in who you got, have gone with the Skyhawks. And it is now 16-4, to 4, as I said that. So, yeah. Exactly. There's not much love. There's not much love happening over there for the Skyhawks. But, I mean, exactly. I mean, they're, I mean, right now the unfavorable matchup is the one we're getting ready to talk, to, talk about in the shortly. <laughs> So, well, let's get to the game of the night Wednesday. That will be called by Cam. Uh, the one and one Queen City Corsairs, who are currently seeded eighth, will go across the country and visit the six, uh, the thirteenth seed LA Sharks, who are zero and two. I'm not going to say too much on this game because it's my game. I don't want to be unbiased or give anything away, but uh, so I'm going to defer to you to take this one. I mean, I will do the I will do the honors also when you do my game, but I will touch on this. I mean, right now, um, y'all are going through a lot of transition period. I mean, with the situation, as anybody probably already knows, listen to this broadcast. I mean, Queen City, I mean, they only had seven points last week against a Baltimore Crabs team that actually gave up, I mean, over 40 points against Louisville. I mean, L.A., I mean, they're going to have to get the train rolling against the Queen City's defense. I mean, it's going to be a tough task for y'all. I mean, but I believe you can do it. I mean, y'all shown promises before, and, I mean, it's good. It could, I mean, it could go either way. Cause, I mean, both teams right now are currently, I mean, in the state of down, and I want to use that as an respectable word. But right now they're they're coming off bad losses and bad showings. But I mean, whoever comes with the best game plan is going to win the game. Yeah, we'll touch on what you were saying on on the personal issues. Um, Going into the Oklahoma City game, I had probably, based on when I was officially told my co-owner and defensive coordinator was leaving me, possibly 36 hours tops. (laughs) I'm laughing at Ramos. (laughs) 
I just, uh, yes, I agree, Ramos. I just had to give you the business for a second. Uh, I have maybe 36 hours to prepare for OKC. I had not scouted their defense for one hot second because or their offense because I had no need to. All I did was scout their defense. Uh, but when it got tossed in my lap, I just was kind of winging it. And I hate to word it that way because it feels like you're not dedicated to it. But uh, I went into that game with my nuts crossed, so to speak. I didn't know what to do. And you take away that pick six. You take away that safety, which was just absolutely stupid at the end of the game. It's a 17-14 game. And when I lost all that time to work on my offense because I had to take over the defense, my offensive game plan was not even complete. I just was like, okay, these were the pain, these were the plays I was thinking of installing. I really didn't get a chance to test them, so I'll just do it anyway. And that didn't work out too well, and I just had to wing it. And it is what it is. Um, and I still allowed 100 over 100 less yards than my when than we did the week before. So I'll, I'm not going to look at that situation as I mentioned before. And I mentioned this on the post game show after the game when we lost. I'm not looking at my glass half empty. I'm looking at a half full. I am currently looking for people who are willing to come on board as staff to to help maybe take this team in the right direction because you know you take people like Destro. Uh, DR Sim, they understand how much time and effort it takes to build this team. Uh, Ronnie Nickens has done the same thing. They've surrounded themselves with staff to help them to take some of the workload off because it can be overbearing. And as competitive as this league is, it's absolutely insane. So I have jobs open with the Sharks. Um, we, we, For me personally, I've taken... Uh, just no more than about an hour today to watch the OKC game from this past week. And I'm only just going to be able, because of all my personal issues, to actually get into putting together the playbooks tomorrow, you know, as long as time permits, unfortunately. And I'm with my situation being as it is, I have to put my playbooks in by the 15th. Tomorrow is the 14th, so I need to haul ass on it tomorrow. But uh, it's a challenge I'm accepting. And I have no choice because it was put in my lap anyway. But this is the defending champions. It is my daughter's team. And she'll be in my ear all day. Daddy, you suck. Daddy, you suck. Go green coins and all that other garbage I'm going to have to hear about all day. And I'm just going to sit here and smile because it's fun that I get to do this league with such enjoyable people. And my daughter has adopted a team as her own. So it's going to be a good father-daughter fight tomorrow night. And I'm going to enjoy it. Exactly. I mean, nobody asked for this to happen, but I mean, I, I mean, I'll talk to you offline. Also, I mean, not touching on it too personally, but I mean, it's been a roller coaster week for you, and nobody asked for this. But I mean, like I said, the show had to go on, and you accepted a very good thing. I mean, a lot of people would have just laid over and died, but you, I mean, you kept on fighting and. And you're just getting your feet wet in the water. And at least you've had a full week to actually prepare this week. So I see y'all actually looking a lot better than they all did last week. Right. That's the plan anyway. I mean, I look at it this way. First year, if we're going to lose, you know, 
losing is losing, but it's just like I tell the kids and I, and I coach in real life, if you lose, you lose. You know, it's a part of the game, but let's just make sure if we lose, when we leave that field, we played better than we did the week before. And as long as there's positive growth in the right direction, we're eventually going to get over that hump and start becoming an effective team. And, 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 and we made a stride forward last week. We moved forward despite the loss. Like I said, week one, Jason's in the chat room, and I know he's going to admit it. We should have won week one, but he had just enough to, to come back and get us. And this is against the team that three people voted the number one team in the league. No, I'm, yeah, three people voted the number one team in the league, you know, and we were in that ball game. So, and, and then we lose to the number one ranked defense in the league. You know, I'll take my two losses and, you know, and just hope I can I can get in the right direction. 0-3 does not sound good at all. So, you know, I got to get with it this week. I mean, over in Houston, we're facing the same situation. I mean, this has been a roller coaster week for us. I mean, we've hired a new head coach in Greg Court Morris, a.k.a. San Antonio Corky. And, I mean, my, I mean, it's been a brand-new transaction of using apps I've never used before and trying to get the game plan together with the three guys. And I call us the CAG 32 because we all entered the same year in CAG together. And hopefully, I mean, as you touch on our game uh, coming up on the live game Thursday, uh, just to point out, I mean, this is a – big week for us. I mean, it's either, I mean, we're one game behind the fourth place uh, Orlando uh, Orlando Intimidators and also the OKC Renegades. One of them back time as well. So it's not like we have to fold our chance in week three yet. Right. And since you touched on CAG, I'll make this one mention of CAG. Since you mentioned CAG and DRSM, um, Damon, I'm waiting on you to get back to me, buddy. You and I got to play in CAG this week. Uh, you and I are in the toilet bowl, so let's get with it. <laughs> uh, just for those of you who don't quite understand, Damon and I are the crappiest teams in the league, and we have to play. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's touch on that point too. I would like to mention this was my first winning season in CAG history, I can go over 500 and finish 5-3, and three. and with my slim playoff hopes still <laughs> on the balance, I need a lot to happen, thanks to Destro actually beating me 28-19, to 19. but like I said, I mean, I was in the game just a couple of days. Alright. Well, but we'll, we'll bounce I back to knock you down. Let's go back to the SFL. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to them. So we're going to move into Thursday's game. And we're going to go with the game that's on SFLN3. Uh, you got the uh, 12th-seeded NYC Sailors, who are now 1-1 one and one after beating Carol- uh, Carolina last week. They are going across the country, kind of, to Sioux Falls. And they're taking on the undefeated Sioux Falls Sparrows, who are currently on a roll defensively and on a roll through the air can't get the running game going, but I think that's quite honestly by design, and I believe Jason will tell us, yeah, why run the ball if I don't have to? And Ramos is sitting there shaking his head going, yes, exactly. So, thoughts on uh, NYC and Sioux Falls, and I'll just mention this real quick before I forget. Uh, the defense 
uh, in offensive numbers for this uh, for this game. Um, Sioux Falls is ranked sixth in the league in total offense. NYC is tied for number 11 with Queen City. And the defensive numbers, you have Sioux Falls, as I mentioned earlier, fourth in the league. And NYC is ranked number 11. So Sioux Falls has the advantages on both sides of the ball so far on the season. I mean, exactly. I mean, people would assume this game would be throwing the NYC sailors overboard and throwing them to the wolves. But, I mean, they did show a good promise last week against Carolina. I mean, they earned their first win, and you got to realize that, I mean, dating back to last season, they've actually won, I believe, two. I mean, they've only won actually three out of four, if I'm not mistaken. I remember they did upset uh, Baltimore last season. So, I mean, looks like, in, I mean, NYK has shown his promise, and don't think of it as throwing it to the wolves. I mean, if the the sailors can find Colin Peters to the Sultan and Sultan Muhammad, I mean, it could be a closer game than people expect and could be an upset. Right, and to touch on what you were just saying as far as uh, back to last season, correct, he has won three of his last four games dating back to last season. So NYC has clearly improved. They ended the season last year with back-to-back victories. Uh, and then they got tripped up in week one this year to win last week. So three out of four, you know, so they're clearly moving in the right direction, one would assume. Um, and if you want to mention, say, the, the Sparrows, who they're playing, the Sparrows won two of their last three games last year before falling in the playoffs and then have won two straight. So they've won four out of their last six. And if you want to give, you know, just, I mean, they've won, what, had two games this year, lost the playoff game. So they're 10-5 and all time so far. You know, if you count the playoffs, that's not too shabby. Exactly. I mean, NYC looks like they were, I mean, everybody forgot hope on them. I mean, they put them 16th and... They're already up in the rankings, up to 12. I mean, they're climbing. So, I mean, they've actually turned a little heads a little bit. But question is, can Kia handle the number four offense and the number three defense? So, (laughs) he'll have his hand full. And he has that silver kicker. Will he make the difference? (laughs) So... It'll be an interesting one. So let's get to the next one. SFLN2. SFLN2 sees the 7th seed DC Dragons, who are coming off a loss, traveling to number 10, Oklahoma City Renegades, who are coming off a victory. In this game, I'll just throw some quick numbers out there. Uh, With the offense, DC has the 4th ranked offense in the league. Oklahoma City is all the way down at 13. Defensively, D.C. sits number 12, and Oklahoma City is the number one team in the league. Now, let's put this in perspective for for Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, as I just stated, the number one defense in the league. They are also the only defense to not give up 260 or more yards. The next closest is Dallas. It has 314.5. Oklahoma City, ladies and gentlemen, has allowed just 259 yards per game. 
that's what they're averaging. That's absolutely insane. And their rush defense is ranked number six, allowing 83. And their pass defense is number one in the league, allowing just 176. Queen City second with 215 and a half. So D.C. clearly has their hands full with this team. But unfortunately for Queen City, they're better against the run than the pass. And we all know D.C. likes to run crazy. I mean, you can call this basically the improvement ball, and I apologize to anyone that heard a vacuum in my thing. My mom was unaware I was doing a radio show. (laughs) Don't worry, I get more over here. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, this could be an improvement, but both teams look like, I mean, they actually, I mean, improved this year. I mean, Michael with him and Jermaine, I mean, both of them had down seasons last season, and... This could be called the interleague improvement ball. I mean, looks like they've done some home improvement. I mean, basically. I mean, coming to teams, I mean, it's really an unknown. I mean, D.C. showed good a good game against um, Louisville last week. I mean, the number two team. I mean, they forced five interceptions, which is amazing. So, I mean, Red Feather, he was, I mean, his favorite thing besides touchdowns are interceptions, unfortunately. I believe he is one of the <laughs> guys that loves to throw interceptions in the league. So, I mean, Red Feather cannot throw interceptions. If not, it could get well, ugly. Down to to touch on Red Feather, since you're mentioning Red Feather, just to give the, everybody the numbers on him, uh, he's only averaging 183 yards a game through the air. He has three touchdown passes and four interceptions. Uh, week one, he was one touchdown, one interception. And he completed 64% of his passes. He did the same thing against L.A., 64% of his passes. was 18 of 28. He threw two touchdowns but threw three interceptions to put his uh, interception ratio higher than the TD ratio. You know, and and like you just said, as far as the defense, you know, they their defense likes to get after it. So we'll see what happens with this one. Can Red Feather protect the football? Mm-hmm. He's going to have to protect the football to keep Hawkins off the field. Exactly. But Hawkins mm-hmm. is on a whole nother level. I mean, I want to know where this guy came from, the Intergalactic League or something. I mean, he's just not human. Exactly. I mean, you got a ball hawking secondary. I mean, the defenses was outstanding at times. I mean, they did show a little ooh, against the number two team. I mean, giving up that, so many points, but that's Louisville. I mean, Louisville's got a tough offense. But I mean, to mention, I mean, also worth that. I mean, can Pete Bruski keep it up with the? It looks like a signing of old after Cameron stated last season he should be hanging his boots. It looks like, I mean, he's found the fountain of youth and actually <laughs> turned out into a good season so far. You shall see. Uh, I want to mention this for Hawkins, uh, and I've had this mentioned to me coming on the air. And, of course, the first thing I know that we're going to hear when I make this statement is because of Hawkins, that's the numbers. 
Hawkins has played against the number 15 and number 16 ranked defenses in the league against the rush. Now, of course, a lot of that, like I just said, has to do with Hawkins just murdering people and just running all over people because uh, the Sailors against Carolina, the Sailors, they only ran for 56 yards, yet they're ranked 15th. And Louisville, when you look at Louisville's numbers, uh, when Louisville played in week one, it was uh, Baltimore Baltimore on the ground. Okay, Baltimore on the ground had 147 yards and three scores. So the Louisville game, you know, makes a little bit more sense when you talk about, oh, it's the defenses than Carolina's against the rush. So this is a legit defense, possibly the first legit defense top to bottom DC's based all season. We're only in week three. So saying all season might be a little drastic of a statement, but you get my point. So And exactly, I mean, Louisville's defense, I mean, has looked suspect at times to describe it. I mean, a lot of people might not disagree, but I mean when you give up twenty some points then thirty some points, I mean, you're looking at a suspect defense, I mean, and when you touch on a game, I mean, you'll probably look at that. I mean, it's just going to come down to, I mean, to be honest, I believe it's going to be coming down to Red Feather. Is he going to be Red Feather of throwing interceptions, or is he going to calm it down this year and only, well, he's only had four interceptions this season, so it must be a positive four. I mean, Red Feathers look actually decent at times this season. He has, and I've witnessed him firsthand, and you've touched on Brewski. Brewski seems to be on a whole new level, and you've got to slow him down. Clear as day, there's no ifs, ands, and or buts about it. You have to slow him down, or you're not going to be in that game, and if you can't slow him down, you might as well pack it in, you know, because it's just the way it's going to be. And and to mention, too, I mean, I don't know what Michael gives his players. I mean, maybe there's some kind of road game out there because it looks like they are finding their fountain of youth with a lot of veterans they have this season on that team. I mean, they must be some kind of fountain of youth Kevin Durant left behind because, I mean, it looks like Oklahoma City is really getting behind this team. And, I mean... Maybe it could be a winner down at OKC this season. I mean, currently they're in the fourth playoff spot. So, I mean, I know it's only two weeks in the season. I mean, it's just a little millimeter of the season, but they do got a winning team right now. All right. Uh, I will point this out. Uh, OKC, if they can steal a victory here, next week they get NYC. Could they start the season? Three and one. When to most people, they lost that game against Orlando. We shall see. So, enough on that one. Let's get to the last game of the week, which is Thursday night on the main network. Houston at Louisville, which will be a rematch, as everyone knows, of last year's Teal Conference Championship that gave us, and and that gave us. Ladies and gentlemen, this. Winner goes to the title game. 
Coleman is under center. He will throw. And Coleman avoids the sack. Throws it. Good. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! They are Sim! They avoided a sack! The greatest play I've ever seen! The greatest play I've ever seen! And an extra point can win the game with no time left! And as we know, Houston kicks the extra point, goes up 21 to 20, and wins the ball game going to the championship. And I will so. I will mention that memory. That I remember I was doing a Daniel Bryan. I just got well. I just knew that I was well secretly well not too secretly because I wasn't too secret about it. But I already knew that I had the offense coordinator position for Houston, and I was doing a Daniel Bryan chant. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I just hope I can feel that this week on Thursday. I mean, I felt just pain and heartache start knowing to. I mean, I've never felt like this in the SFL. And losing is not in my blood. And J.D. Lawson, I mean, poor boy. I mean, he's never had back-to-back. I mean, he's had back-to-back-to-back-to-back four losses, and he's just getting tired of losing. J.D. Lawson and and, and, and my player both have not won a game in four attempts. So well, I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, you can, but, well, at least you won the preseason game. Oh, gee. Uh, <laughs> uh, but to get to this game, let's get to this game. Uh, coming into this game, Louisville has the number two ranked offense. Houston has the number three ranked offense. Now, I want to touch on that real quick before I get to the defense. Houston's number two in the league for the power rankings, 2-0. and Houston's 0-2, ranked 14th. Ranked 14th, and yet they're the number three offense. Uh, to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Houston on defense is ranked eighth. I'm sorry, not eighth. I said that wrong. Excuse me. Let me refract myself. Houston is ranked 15th on defense, and Louisville is ranked 14th in defense. So you have two and three offense and 14 and 15 on defense. Clearly, something's going to give. And when you look at the offensive numbers, uh, it's 528 to 485 in favor of Louisville. And on the defense, Louisville's allowed 432, and Houston has allowed 432.5. Now, I want to touch on this because something that kind of stood out to me, uh, and it is Louisville has played Baltimore and D.C., two quality clubs. Houston has played Santa Fe and Tallahassee, two undefeated clubs who are both ranked in the top four of the power rankings, which is why when they came back in the voting as low as 14, it was a head-scratcher for me. I was like, really? To me, they are the best of the 0-2 teams, despite the defensive woes, because the offense has been killing it. If the defense could keep up with the offense, Houston could quite honestly be a major, major player. Thus, the changes this past week in Houston. You've already touched on that, so we don't have to get back into the situation there with uh, Mr. Greg Corky. Uh, So, can you, as the offensive coordinator, keep plugging along? Because you're going up against a very, very suspect defense. Uh, 
And if Greg Corky can come in and get his, be as half as good as the hype, because I've asked you personally, I've not been a part of this league, and I've asked other people. No one can remember him being an actual coach in this game, in the SFL. This will be his first shot. So he is a mystery. Um, to me, it's what can he really do? Does he know the game enough to make things right? Does he know enough to make things go in the right direction for Houston to where we might possibly get to see the second greatest play I've ever seen and Houston win this game? You know, those are the things that have gone through my head when looking at this game, breaking down this game. Uh, And as you mentioned, uh, they love to turn the ball over over there in Louisville. They love to turn the ball over. You guys need to get Noah Martin, uh, Boozer. Bentley's got himself three sacks. Get after him. I expect you guys, and you said you weren't going to touch on this too much, but I'm expecting Houston to force at least, at least minimal. The over-under for me is three. At least three turnovers. At least three turnovers. And we know Black is what you guys have and what you want to use. He's clearly the offense. We know that. And for those who have not looked at the numbers, as I said, Snyder went for 147-3. and And in the game against D.C., Hawkins went for 243-2. and If Darnell Black doesn't get somewhere in that vicinity, I'll be shocked. It's going to be an ever-loving nightmare for Louisville to slow Houston's offense. It's just going to be if the defense can slow down Louisville's offense. To me, that's going to determine the victory of this game. I mean, not to throw it, touch on the game at all. I mean, like I said, it's, the playbook's not due to Wednesday, so I'm not going to touch on it too much. I just want to touch on Greg Morris a little bit. This mm. guy is a complete... I mean, the guy might be a complete unknown, but he is very, very experienced in this game. Even far experienced, I can say, as me. The guy has played in CAG before, and he is a defensive guru. I mean, the guy used to hang around with a YouTube sensation big play killer. He's playing his league. I remember he was the first CAG 32 expansion team to make the playoffs. So this guy knows the game of offer, and I can see him being very successful. I mean, with the chemistry with him and Demond Chair, the, I believe that they will turn the defense around. And I'm not trying to be like too biased, but I mean, looking at these guys, these guys do have good chemistry, and I believe Demond did a very good hire. But I mean, I do want to touch on Louisville a little bit. This team has only lost, I believe, four games in in the assembly, and I don't know where he finds the time. I mean, I never see him on all curve, but, I mean, this guy seems to know what works in a game of all for football 2K. I mean, I mean, he has been successful every league he has went. I mean, in the WFL, and this is the first time I get to match against the Lou Wolfpack himself. I mean, this is my first shot in the three seasons that they've played with each other. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I wish you luck and hope everything works out for you. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this game. Um, I'm sure it's one of those games that everybody's 
excited for. And I think everybody's been waiting for this rematch since that play that we just listened to a few moments ago. Uh, so, yeah, so we've 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 covered every game. We're going over every game. We'll get to our predictions here in a minute. Um, but I want to go off topic just for one second and say uh, rest in peace to Kenny Baker, who died today. He was 81. Uh, for those of you who might recognize the name or not recognize the name, Kenny Baker was the actor who portrayed R2-D2 in the Star Wars Chronicles. So he passed away today at 81. Exactly. I mean, it's a sad day for the Star Wars universe. I've watched Star Wars all my life. I mean... I mean, the guy that plays BB-8, I mean, I know there's a new cult following for him, but there's only one R2-D2 and one little beep, beep, beep. I mean, you can, you can do bb 8 beep, beep, beep. Even though I'm a big fan, he got a bb 8 t-shirt. I mean, he's my new favorite character. I, he's going to be gladly missed. I mean, I grew up with R2-D2. He was in the most movies, and I don't know who's going to get through a scene, but, I mean, it's not going to be the same. Right. So. I don't know if they're going to kill him off in the next... Hopefully, they'll <laughs> never kill the robot off and let him live in peace. There you go. Well, again, rest in peace, Kenny Baker. Oh, now, oh. back to these games. Mm-hmm. I say it's time we make our predictions. I will name the game. You tell me who you got. No need to break anything down. Just pick your winner because we've already recapped them. So we're going to start with tomorrow night. Orlando at Cleveland. And before the rules, no picking our games as before. And yeah, I'm not picking mine, and you're not picking yours right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, too. And after we do the pick, um, there is actually some stats we could go out over. Uh, Floater was not enough to actually send us, and people right. are going to be actually surprised. Yes, he sent that to you. I will allow you to, to go over them, and I will sit here quietly and peacefully while you go through those. So, uh, Orlando at Cleveland, who are we picking for you? I think I'm going with Cleveland. Going with Cleveland. Anyone that's in the chat, as we mentioned these games, if you want to drop your picks, please do. I'll throw them out. Uh, Jason's saying Orlando bounces back. Maybe, mm, LOL. So, <laughs> he's unsure. <laughs> Ray Lynn's picked Cleveland. AJ pick six is picking Orlando. So... That's that. So the uh, picks are going to be all over the place with this one, which does not surprise me. And you're picking who now? Did you say? Cleveland Rocks. Even though I don't like the Cleveland series. Rocks. Huh? Uh, I'm picking Cleveland as well. Um, I just I don't know what's going on in Orlando. I know they're struggling offensively. Uh, Mario Savage, who is not getting nowhere near enough credit across this league. Is on top of his game. Uh, freaking nobody, no one even knows. Um, Ronnie Nickens apparently caught a comment that he posted somewhere and had him delete it because he said, okay, I'm picking you. He, he took down the comment. And we, he found out that he knew this game. He's played all-pro football in another league somewhere, was a coordinator in that league. Uh, and we're seeing that he knew what he was doing. He was a huge pick for them at seven to be their new gold quarterback, letting go of Wright. Um, Stevie T. Diggs is having a little issues with the offense. The offense has changed from the last season just slightly. Uh, I don't know if he's trying something different, if the defenses are just that much better. Um, 
But that all said, as we mentioned earlier, I'm picking Cleveland as well. I think they're bounce back. And here I tell you not to say nothing to break it down. I do it myself. So I put a dollar in the jar. Yeah, and, well, I'll break it down myself. I mean, Orlando, I mean, has struggled the past few weeks. I mean, definitely last week. I mean, I mean, either Sioux Falls is a complete powerhouse, which I believe. I mean, most people might not believe it, but I do. And me and Jason do believe it. But Orlando has struggled, and I believe Stevie T. Biggs will have a bounce back game and get the offense rolling in this game. So I'll take Cleveland. All right. Uh, game of the night tomorrow night now, on the main network. Tallahassee Pride at the Dallas Roughnecks. I-95 to 7-7 South. I'm going to pick my Tallahassee Pride. Taking your Tallahassee that Pride. I Carolina Pride. <laughs> I remember that song from Andy Live 2005. I'm um, waiting to see if any picks come in in the chat before I make a mention. Uh... Picking Tallahassee over Dallas. Um, without breaking this game down, this is one of the games I've really looked at the most, really tried to look into, really tried to analyze, because this is one of the most appealing games for me. Um, it, it just, it, it's too tough to call. And it's funny, Ramos just said that, tough call. He's picking Tallahassee. AJ pick six, picking Dallas. Uh Jason says, Roughnecks, I want to see Tally actually score. Uh, to touch on that comment from Jason, the first time a team starts scoring a little bit on Tallahassee, it's going to be good to see if they can actually score, as he states, and stay with them. That's what they got to do. When they run into a team that can put up points, will they be able to hang with them? Because they're not a scoring machine. They are a shut-you-down machine. Um, Ronnie Nickens is picking Tallahassee. Uh, for me, as I said, it was just that statement I just made there that made me think with four wide receivers and a gold running back, and I don't care who the quarterback is, even though we know it's Rocco Marconi, that doesn't mean nothing to me when I just see the four wide receivers and the running back. To me, that's just too many weapons no matter who's under center. They're going to score points despite how good Tallahassee's defense is. I'm picking mm-hmm. Dallas to win this in a very close game, and I would not doubt if this game wins. Whoever wins this game wins as a result of getting a late turnover and turning it into points. And I'll go on the limb and say another, like, week one and blow true shot caller's mind, which I don't think I will this time. I think it's going to be another defensive struggle. Right. I agree. I, I mean, can see the winner scoring 20. Mighty RX. Uh, the new defense coordinator for the Baltimore Crab has went with my pick, Tallahassee. <laughs> and and I w- like I said, I believe Dallas can put up points, but I still wouldn't be surprised if the winner of this game only scores 20 points. So, all right. So we both picked Cleveland. We disagree with that one. Wednesday night, the new defensive coordinator you were just talking about, Mr. Mighty RX, and Baltimore Crabs. At the Minneapolis Mullers on SFLN3 Wednesday night, who are you picking? Unfortunately, I think I've never picked this team to beat Minneapolis, but, I mean, I think I'm going to go with my first team I was with and pick True Shot Caller and what Ramos just said, the Baltimore Bulls. 
And as I say that, a lot of people has just picked Baltimore. Yeah, it's 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 a complete dominating roll roll tide effect here in the chat. We got Ramos, we got Ronnie Nickens, we got Jason, we got AJ Levy all taking Baltimore. Um, I'm going to make this mention. I, I touched on the uh, defense making sacks for Minneapolis. There's many times as Baltimore likes to throw the ball, they're going to get sacked two, three times, but they're going to roll five, ten, twenty, twenty-one point victory maybe. I just I think their offense is just too powerful. Exactly. I mean, Baltimore has looked impressive, and Mr. Guest 19 says Baltimore. And Jason actually has a score of 15 to 7, favor, favors Krebs. Yeah, this must be fun to pick them. All right. So, yeah. So we'll get and to the next one. And we have a call from oh, Texas. we do? We have a tall call from Texas. I believe I know who this is. Let's see if we can get Texas on the air. I just. All right, Texas, who we got? Hola, senor. Hola. Why? It's Ramos. <laughs> yes, sir. He, Your favorite Mexican. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm on a Mexican radio now. I'm oh, Jesus. Da da. I think he called in at this precise moment because he knew we were about ready to get into this next game, which you and I will make our pick on that Carolina-Santa Fe game. But before we do, we might as well let Ramos give us the what's up at this game. It's going to be a good game. I think, I don't know, I mean, Carolina, two goal corners, they have a great defense, and the offense has a lot of talent. I believe if they involve John English a little bit more throughout the season, they are going to be better. Um, but Carolina is a team that, that 0-2 is susceptible, I believe. Guest 5 has requested that you say something in Spanish. So just say Carolina sucks or something. Carolina Pesta. <laughs> okay, guess why? I don't know who you are, but there you had it. There you have it. There's a Spanish. Carolina sucks in Spanish, but they don't. They do not suck. I, I, be, I mean, they are 0-2, but they have great talent, and they're gonna bounce back. They're, they're gonna turn this season around, I believe. I, I agree. I think Carolina's had some mechanical issues that's holding them down right. just a little slightly right now. That will get corrected and get 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 them headed in the right direction. Ramos, I got a request also. I want a Spanish broadcast of a Matt Wilson to Nick T. Quick touchdown Santa Fe in Spanish. Okay, so you want me to do it right now? You want me to get excited like Cam and stuff? Well, you know, by all means, get overly excited. I know you're <laughs> No, yeah, I'm at work, but um, I don't know, man. I suck at broadcasting and commentating. That's why I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he did. Oh, I get booze and stuff. Did. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, I, I pass. <laughs> but, Ramos, you have gotten up to a 2 on start. I have named your offense the Leonard 15 Mollers attack. 
believe it's just as strong as that, and nobody can actually figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I am very, very confident on our offense that whether it was a winner, 15 motors it was. That, that that offense was absolutely crazy. It was nuts, and you know it was that crazy. We had to modify the rules and everything because it was just too far, too powerful. It was still too, too emoji. That's Mahler's numbers. Yeah, that's Mahler's numbers. Yeah, the difference is that we actually run the ball and we can get stuff going running the football, which is actually pretty nice. Which uh, we based on the ROF, you was speaking that. Uh, that um that your running back um forgive me I'm bad at names in the SFL when it comes to other teams yeah but uh, Jay Calvin Kim Kardashian Jay Calvin Kim J C K J C K two K you can mention it whatever you want <laughs> yeah but um the running back last week had well over 100 yards I've seen that and mm-hmm. and we said earlier that that could be a key to the game against Carolina because they do struggle against the run. Have you, I mean, not to get the game plan, but have you looked at that area of a key to success against Carolina? Yeah, absolutely. I believe that we have to be a, a balanced team. Uh, I believe that, you know, even though I trust in my passing game enough, uh, I believe that we have to be balanced and we have to keep Carolina off guard. Uh, I think, you know, Carolina, even though they are 0 2, they have a fantastic defense against NYC. You saw uh, Sultan Mohammed; he was shot out. Um, you know, they had a tough fighting against the DC Dragons. Uh, the DC Dragons, uh, nobody was expecting what the DC Dragons were going to do, but uh, I think Carolina's going to turn this season around. They're going to be a good team and quite possibly playoff bound. So, I got to notice, is this the student teacher ball still, even though you're not a student anymore? Well, I'm still a student. I'm going to enter college in a matter of a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. Three weeks from now. So, yeah, it still is. I believe Doug actually forgot about that point. Didn't you, Doug? What's that? The, uh, Ryan, uh, the Carolina Sea Falls game is known as the Student Teacher Bowl. Yeah, we got lucky uh, last hey. season on a crazy comeback. We were down 28 to 15. We... Uh, won 32 to 28. We got lucky uh, at the end. Matt Wilson went crazy with Juan Bosco, and but uh, I think it's going to be a different game. Hopefully, we can get the W still. Yeah, I believe. Uh, also, James Klein's going to start uh, focusing more on football. We got football starting here in North Carolina for Friday uh, next Friday. Uh, his school is the North Wilkes Vikings out of Wilkes County, North Carolina. And I believe, I believe he's going to actually be surprised people. He's going to get his mind and his team with more football. Right, right. I agree. So, uh, Doug, are you ready to make that prediction? Well, I am always ready to make the prediction. What do you got? Sweet Caroline. I don't have you because I got the Mexican radio from Santa Fe. What in the blue hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) My singing voice. I thought you wanted me to sing. Oh, my God. What the hell was that? We just lost half our viewers. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what just happened. Well, you never heard of (laughs) 
with Caroline Mildama. <laughs> I mean, that, that, <laughs> that was still better than the last Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, that's, uh, that was actually pretty good, Alan. Ah, I, was, uh, I dig it. <laughs> Alan Brown, Super Bowl 51 halftime show confirmed. <laughs> National anthem confirmed. Yeah. yeah I'd really, I think I'd rather have Imagine Dragons or uh, X Ambassadors. <laughs> wow. That was My very interesting. Sorry, I know I hurt your ears. Wow. <laughs> You are forbidden to ever do that again. <laughs> no, that was actually kind of funny. Wow. Do we have any reaction? Hey, we have a what the hell, we have a what the fuck, no, my ears, please, no more singing. Oh, my God. I mean, you know <laughs> you know it's bad with Ronnie Nickens just throwing shade. Come on. Oh, boy. That was, that was, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to go from there, but that was that was different. That was definitely different. I had it planned all night, guys. But I got Santa Fe. <laughs> yeah. He had it planned all night. Exactly. Wow. All right. Before we um, got to the NYC, I was gonna I was gonna show you what I got free in NYC. <laughs> you can see I'm jumbling around my words right now because I have no idea where to go. Anyway, to get back to the game, as I want to make my pick, um, considering they're 0-2, it's hard to pick Carolina. But I will make this this prediction. Santa Fe wins in their toughest game of the season. How about that? I could say it happens. No comment? Uh, I, I, could, I mean, again, Carolina has a... Very good defense. Uh, maybe it's going to happen. Who knows? We'll shall see. Nice. I mean, I'm going by the numbers. I have to go by the numbers. Common sense is go by the numbers. I know they struggled defensively as a whole. They're ninth. Uh, I've already mentioned it before. They are near the bottom 15th in the league against the run. We know you do not like to run the ball unless you absolutely positively have to. And why run if you don't have to? But you're going up against the third passing defense in the league. Right. And that alone tells me a blowout doesn't seem possible if you stay true to form. But I don't think they have nowhere near enough firepower to hang. I think that's their problem. And I made those mentions during the preseason shows that this defense, once they figure it out, will be tough to score on. But you will score eventually because offense is dominating the SFL. Although we keep hearing that statement, it's the year of the defenses. I'm not buying that just yet, although defenses seem to be a lot tougher this year. Uh, And you guys just have one too many weapons. If they can't go score for score, that's when the blowout can begin to start. But I just think it'll still end up being your toughest game of the year in the end. And you can win. I see Ronnie's mentioning in the chat room by 14 points. Even if you win by exactly 14 points, as he's saying, I think that would be your closest game of the season, maybe. I'd have to double-check the scoring. But I know you had a closer game with... Uh, who yeah, Houston Hill by 11. Yeah so, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's in the ballpark. So, and then I just think Carolina, like I said, they've had some mechanical issues. Um, I won't go into those details. 
<laughs> well, I believe once those quote-unquote mechanical issues get corrected, they will be a little harder to beat and be at a better quality team. I still can't pick them in this one, though. Right. I mean, exactly. I mean, you're looking at all across the board. You're saying 14, 14, Santa Fe, Santa Fe, and come on, man. <laughs> uh, Carolina, uh, Skyhawk, Safer are probably saying, come on, man, pick us. But I don't see it happening. I'm going with Santa Fe. And, and Jason has just said he's still waiting for English to be English. Well, they're playing against Ramos. I don't think that's going to be possible. Yeah, <laughs> maybe English will will learn to speak Spanish then. Yeah. That would be my point. Yeah. <laughs> Devin Cabrera, Adam McCoy, they're waiting. <laughs> hey, Ramos. Yes, ma'am. Um, I remember uh, when your player bio, bio came back out two years ago, it said you used to talk Spanish and Lawson, so I believe, I believe you need to teach Mr. Johnny with some Spanish yourself. <laughs> uh, we shall see. We we will see how the game progresses. But can you uh, speak Johnny English? I believe we can. I'm confident on my defense that we can. Hey, I don't know if I said that right, but I tried. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was really good, actually. I don't know. Said I didn't know if I said it right, but hey, I took a shot. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> I'm moving on to next one. Who we got? Say that again. Who we got next game? I right, want to move on to the next game. Okay, the next game on the docket, because that was yeah. So the next game on the docket, I will not talk. Is on the main network that night, Queen City at L.A. Well, uh, Mr. Ramos, I would like to uh, have you be guest uh, host and pick for me. So since Doug is not allowed to pick on this game, uh, can you share your thought on this Queen City L.A. game? Queen City and L.A. This is going to be a fantastic game. I think L.A. will bounce back, but I believe Queen City will do also. This is going to be a very close game. I think this is going to be a game in the 30s. At the end of the day, I see the Corsairs winning, but I can see the Sharks winning as well. I'm going to pick Queen City, but I can see L.A. winning. Okay, uh, guys in the chat, who y'all got? While we, while we wait for those to roll in, I will mention this to the, all the other owners in this league, all the other teams. The Sharks are going to give it all they've got to win this game. And we all know how good Queen City is. So I'm sure if we can knock them off and make them fall to one and two, it's going to make the rest of the league start breathing a little easier, knowing that they're one and two after the first three games of the season. A quarter of the season down, they have a losing record. That's not typical Queen City. So maybe we can help the league out. <laughs> And I'm sure those guys in their division would be like, yes, please, do it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, one thing that I have to point out is Sparky Chul goes against his former team. I believe he will be very inspired. And I will. I believe Sparky Chul can have a big game. Too. Yeah, that'd be nice. 
we haven't got him going yet. Yeah, it's about time to be honest with Parky Tool, one of the best players in SFL history. It's 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 gonna happen. Uh, right. Not gonna take that much. Um, Ronnie's picking Queen City. AJ uh, pick six picking Queen City. Uh, Dion Hawkins says LA for the upset. And Jason has informed us on the who you got. It is sixteen to five in favor of Queen City. And I'll five picks. I'm shocked. <laughs> and also, Mr. Ronnie Mickens is taking Queen City by a field goal. Uh, yes, he did. I did not see that. Good catch. Mm-hmm. I'm just shocked we have five ticks. Wow. Well, I, mean, I, I, I do see L.A. winning. Go ahead, Alan. Well, right, I'll go ahead and break this game down myself. I'm not going to take off a yet. I mean, both teams right now are going to try to find an identity in this game. Like I said, it's been a rough week in L.A. Um, but, I mean, I will say L.A. will improve, and I believe it's going to be a close game. I've got to pick the defending champs, though. I mean, I hope they don't fire me after one show after this, but I'm going to be <laughs> <laughs> That's it, you're done. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if I have to go with the unbiased pick, I, I'm not going to pick myself to win this. I mean, I, how can I? I mean, I, I just I can't. You know, if I'm looking at it from unbiased eyes, you have a franchise that's currently 0-2, and if you look at this team as a whole, okay, this is going back to the Bulldog days, because this was the Bulldogs last season. You know, I will put this in perspective for people. This, And this is not good. To me, it's not good for the entire league that this is the case. But this is a team that went 1-11 last year, started the season 1-2, okay? That means if this team loses this week to Queen City, it will have lost 12 in a row, which is the equivalent of an entire season. I don't uh, care if it's simulation. I don't care if it's real. I don't care what level you're at. When you have a franchise that is doing that bad, it's not good. It's just not. So I'm hoping to get that off the back of this team because they're so used to losing. Exactly. I mean, the state of California, I mean, they're hoping for a winner tonight, and it looks like L.A. has just took the lead over Dallas. So, all hope is not forgotten in L.A. So, can football teams go 2-0 this week? We'll cover some more comments. Uh, Ronnie Nickens says he'd love to see Park run all over Queen City. Uh, Jason has said Murdoch Mock is ranked in the top five statistically for all quarterbacks. Uh, Mighty RX has informed us Queen City escaped with a win in Cleveland, which is absolutely true. They finally scored and yep. got the lead, 23 seconds left, I think it was. And they couldn't move the ball hardly at all against Baltimore. L.A. has a chance to win. Uh, my B-wing game, I'm not sure. My wing game, I don't know what he means. <laughs> and then Ronnie Nickens says, Queen City always plays bad after winning championships, with me only being in my first season last year. I have no idea about that. I'm sure you would know all about that, Alan. You've been here, like, forever. So I'm, I'm sure you can touch on that comment by Ronnie. Yeah, what Ronnie Nickens says is absolutely correct. Uh, exactly. They, they have had very, very tough seasons. 
the season right after they win the championship. That's weird. And yeah, they are again one and one, but they escaped against Cleveland. Cleveland should have won that game, and the offense was just non-present against Baltimore. Wow, I didn't know any of that. And yes, and I'm and I'm glad Jason mentioned Murdoch Mock because he's basically the only player I got right now that's doing anything, even though he was held under 200 yards passing last week. I'm just glad oh, he's uh, got more touchdowns than picks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking also at a matchup with Ivan Mixon, your corner against uh, Jake Legacy, which is one of the best of all time. I think Ivan Mixon will win the game, will win that matchup, rather. Uh, I just see Ivan Mixon as being the best corner in the entire league right now. Well, here, I'll make this mention to you. Since you made that statement, this is something I've never said, I don't think, on this air. Uh, and this was something I made mention to, to Ed when we got this team. I was, without a doubt, 100% positively convinced that Andrew Ball, who was the silver corner, uh, was, was a bronze corner actually last year, was the better corner over Ivan Mixon. And I went back and I watched all three games, well, all 12 games. I said three because we're heading into week three. Sheesh. All 12 games last year. And it just seemed that Ivan Mixon had the numbers that Ball didn't because quarterbacks actually were throwing at him more than Ball, which was weird. Right. And that's why Ball's numbers were down. Andrew Ball was re-signed by the Sharks and moved to silver per his market value, which was then replaced by Lyric Da Vinci, who, as we all know, when those players came in, they could just replace the name. So Lyric Da Vinci is Andrew Ball, and I think Lyric Da Vinci has completely outplayed Ivan Mixon so far this season, despite Ivan Mixon getting interceptions last season, and I'm very pleased with the corner play last week. Yeah, absolutely. I remember Andrew Ball with the Dallas Stars that are right, right now the Cleveland Vipers, and Andrew Ball was forced. And then with uh, San Francisco, I remember a play against the Minneapolis Maulers where he intercepted a pass that sealed the game for them. He made an interception in the end zone. That is still one of the best defensive plays I've, I've ever seen on the SFL. I mean, Andrew Ball was also a beast. And that's what I want to do. And I'll a little pop up, uh, Doug, since I picked Queen City. Mm-hmm. I would say, hey, we're in the team, we're in the city of winners. <laughs> the NFL just beat America's team. Let's go beat SFL's America's team, the Queen City Corsairs, and make this team even the city even more winners. Does everybody agree with that? That they are the America's team of this league. That's the most championships, but that would be the America's team. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you cannot go against three out of six. I mean, that's 50% of the championship games have gone to Queen City. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still learning all those things, as they got mentioned. I was not aware of a lot of things, because this is only my second season in the league. It's kind of hard for me to believe. <laughs> hey, I feel like I've been here forever. Yes, sir. I got a little trivia for you. Uh oh. The Rams mm. won their first game in Los Angeles tonight. Who was the last starting Los Angeles quarterback to win a game in Los Angeles? The last LA quarterback to win a game 
in Los Angeles. You mean the Rams, correct? Or the Raiders? Or right. Uh, the winning LA period. <laughs> LA period. You mean in the NFL, LA? Man, who knows? Um, dude, I don't know, man. It would be Chris Chandler, former Falcons quarterback. Chris Chandler. Uh, he was actually pretty decent with Atlanta. He took them to a Super Bowl. He was actually pretty decent. <laughs> the one that's already heard to the Super Bowl where your Broncos killed them. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but back to the NFL. Let's go to the next game before Doug starts having a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Because I've been sweating this game. All right, to the games Thursday on SFLN3. NYC is at Sioux Falls, and before anybody says anything, I'm saying Sioux Falls throws for 450 yards. Uh, Benny Beasley has 19 receptions. Um, Jordan Jennings or Caesar Cannon goes over 200 yards receiving, um, and the game's going to end uh, 41-13, Sparrows. <laughs> yeah. How about that for a prediction? <laughs> I have to go before I go. Before I go, I will pick Sioux Falls. I believe uh, NYC will keep the score close at the beginning, but I believe Sioux Falls will just pull away in the third quarter. I say Sioux Falls wins by about thirteen to sixteen points. And not to change uh, the subject, before you go, also, could you, since I am not allowed to make a pick on my own game, who do you have against Louisville and Houston, and put me in a panic attack? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Myself, I do have Louisville, but I believe Houston will run very successfully, and I believe Houston will force like five interceptions again. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you so much for having me, gents. Have a wonderful night. I will be keep uh, listening to the talk show. Great show. Have a great night, Ramos, and let's get thank busy you. with these tag teams. Have a great night. You too. Thank you so much. Calling in, man. My pleasure. Thank you. Yep. Uh, another big thanks to Ramos Lynn for calling in. We always appreciate the call. He's starting to become a regular, which is awesome. So, uh, but but back to that game. Who are you picking, and and what'd you say about it now? Sioux Falls, NYC. Well, I could go sell, blame it on the loss, Sioux Falls baby, without me singing it. So I will go with Sioux Falls. All right. I think that's the common consensus in the chat room. Yes, everybody, we even have a pick by 20, so everyone's taking taking the sparrows. So we're going to the next game, which is on SFLN2, the D.C. Dragons at the OKC Renegades. And I am not allowed to pick this game, so I will give the floor to Mr. Bose. And before that, I would love to have some more calls. So make sure to uh, anybody that's still in the chat or just join us, the number is 724-444-7444. Oh, and the the pound thing is 140511-POUND. And you will be joining me and Doug live. All right. So the Dragons and the Renegades, who are you picking? I will go with DC. I believe I believe DC is going to have a bounce back. They've looked very impressive in their past two games against the number two team in the in the league. 
even though they lost. Um, they did get five interceptions, and I believe OKC is an improved team and could pull off the upset, but I will take D.C. in this one. All right, in this game, all I can say is if OKC can slow down the running game, then they could win this game. They've been very tough, but I can't do that because as good as their defense has been, they have yet to show explosion on the offense. They've put up 26 points and 20 points respectfully in their two games. So I have no choice but to go with D.C., but I think to OKC's credit, they will make it a closer game than people suspect. They just don't have enough firepower to get the job done. Exactly, and a lot of people in Oklahoma City can put this as a statement game also. If OKC is can pull off the upset because they have been, I mean, with the win over y'all and the first loss against Orlando in week one, I mean, this could be a big statement game for the OKC Renegades. I mean, right now they're tied for the last playoff position with Orlando and could move into sole possession of first place this week. Good point. So, that leads us into one final game. The game on the main network, Thursday night. Houston at Louisville. Now, I know you didn't want to touch on this one and make a prediction, so uh, I stepped away from the computer for a minute. So if anyone makes a prediction or makes a comment, by all means, uh, let me know, because I'll be getting back to the computer here in about two minutes. Um, for me, in this game, I've touched on this already, I think that... The offense for Houston, and you are the coordinator there, so you should take much credit in this, has been highly effective, very effective. You told me in a private conversation we had on the phone that you were down on your offense, made the statement of we can't win games with my offensive playbook, and I told you you were crazy, don't overreact, that you guys will figure it out, and it'll work out. Just give it time. Not even but a few days later, we find out that Damon has said, hey, I'm going to hand the reins over to the defense, and there we go. Could that be Could that be what was missing from this team? And not to say it, because like I said, there could be Louisville followers, and I don't want to give it out, but there was a thing that we felt like the offense was struggling at times with the air. I mean, last week against Tallahassee, we had our backup in the end zone, I mean, in in the red zone, and we had to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns, which could have easily won the game. This week, we went with a new approach, and I credited DeMond. DeMond, I mean, I first mentioned it to DeMond. DeMond has took this into game situation, and everybody agrees this is going to be the new approach we go. And I can I could see our offense doing way better this week. I believe we're facing a 
I mean, even though they're number two team in, in the league, I mean, they're not, like I said, they're not to discredit Lou, Lou Wolfpack. He is a very good coach and an honor, but I believe we can score more, a lot more points than we did last week because I believe we're facing a lot weaker defense. I believe Tallahassee's defense is way better than Louisville. Offensive side, that's a different story. And that's what I believe. I mean, and coming from a non-boss point, I believe that's where, without making a projection, I say that's where the game will lie. If Greg can bring his stuff in, I mean, maybe we have a good chance of falling off the upset. Yeah, and, and for me, breaking down this game, it's just like, okay, where should I start? Because I can see this going multiple different ways for multiple different reasons, and I'm sure most people will be feeling the same way. Um, your offense that you put together in Houston is legit. It's not one-dimensional by any means. The upgraded quarterback has shown when you guys got rid of Corey Coleman. You can see it. I can't say the poor kid's name yet. Uh, I just call him Agabaga Boogie until I figure out how to pronounce that name properly. I just say Stephen A. Stephen A. <laughs> so he has clearly played good. Darnell Black has been consistent easily after two weeks. Now, it's too early to get too excited, but he has shown more consistency in two weeks than he did all of last season. That's huge. Can Greg come in and make the big difference for the defense? We shall see. One thing for sure, no matter who Louisville's played so far, they like to gift wrap the football and give it away. You have to capitalize, as you stated, with touchdowns on those turnovers, not field goals, because we don't know what Greg's bringing to the table, but I'm willing to bet no matter what it is, Louisville's still going to get theirs because their offense is too good to hold down all day. So considering the rules of the SFL, Greg can only do so much with the playbook. That's him. That's going to hamper him for at least two or three weeks, I'm guessing. But 20 plays is a lot of plays. It could be just enough to catch Louisville napping. I'm picking Houston for the victory. And like I said, I, I appreciate your comment, and I'm, thank you for the upset. Uh, I could see it happening. I mean, I, I can't see it happening. I mean, like I said, I won't pick, make a pick. I mean, I, I, mean, I did. I mean, DRC will kill me. I did pick a Louisville just to try to win because I even do this during high school, and I, I got tied for first place in my high school picking in our local district. I picked against my school because I felt like we didn't have a chance. But trying to win the thing without going non-biased, I did pick Louisville. But like I said, I mean, I do have faith in DeMond. I do have faith in Greg. And I believe we're about to have a turnaround. And we've added a couple new faces this week. Durango, our new outside linebacker at Generic, got signed today. And Chris Garrett, Christian Garrity, uh, Chris Garrett, Gary. Uh, he is our new slot guy and new kick returner uh, and also our new director of media personnel. So he has given me the opportunity not to to uh, advertise the game as much and focus more on my role and not trying to do the team. And he's going to spread the word. And hopefully we have a big crowd that night because 
He'd ball out to the day one he signed with our team. Yeah, and to touch on your comment of hope you're moving in the right direction. You guys are in the same boat as I am. Uh, you really don't want to go back any further than we already are. So moving in the right direction is where we want to be for sure. Because we're putting ourselves in a hole right now. Exactly, and, and I'm looking at our schedule, and we're looking at team. I mean, I believe we got Baltimore and Orlando two wins. I believe that we could do, and and I'm looking at this, and no projections have been made for this game. Except I remember Ramos did pick uh, Louisville, so we got one one. But because the predictions, is there any particular game you are interested in besides the two games we are in? What's the one game you're in? The month? Repeat that again. Instead of our two games that we are involved in, what what's the game that's most intriguing to you? Uh, the most intriguing game other than our own. Ah, uh, man. Um, I can't pick just one. I'm going to have to pick two. And that is okay. Tallahassee, Dallas. And that's for obvious reasons. And, of course, Santa Fe, Carolina is intriguing because of the matchup. Um, to me, it would have to be Baltimore and Minneapolis. Minneapolis and Baltimore. I just want to see if T-Pet can actually turn the ship around. And can Baltimore be that elite team again. I mean, like I said, they're the Ottawa Senators of the SFL, best team not to win the Cup. And as we go, I mean, it looks like nobody has picked the game, so would it be a good opportunity to bring the stats? Yeah, the uh, information that was provided to us. I will go on mute so there's no background noise, and you can cover these numbers. Exactly. And I would like to thank the guy that sent it. It was Fredley. He plays for the Santa Fe Gorillas. And I would, as soon as I get the Slack thing open, forgive me, I'm running this through a mobile phone. Um, I would like to give the stats, and let me open Doug's messaging, and I would give this. Are you looking for his name? Jay Felder, Jay Felder. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Okay. As we know, this is our 300 game in SFL history. There was a lot of history made this week, and it intrigued my eyes. Points per game allowed in history. Guess who it was? I have no idea. It was the Queen City Corners, known as the New York Knights at the time. 19.8 games allowed per game. And also, it was the San Francisco, that was third. Second was the L.A. Sharks, San Francisco Bulldogs in season one, 20.2 allowed. And season three, San Francisco Bulldogs, 20.3. Milestones in uh, week three. We had our 300th game. 
And we've had some losing streaks to report. If you, uh, as you covered, uh, LA is going for their 12th loss in a row. You don't want to get in my CAG numbers, Doug. <laughs> Looks like a losing streak I've had before. And as far as that 12 in a row, I can't control anything outside of the last two, so <laughs> that doesn't but, hurt me too much. <laughs> but guess who was number two? Um, you'd have to tell me. I'm it would still be learning the numbers. This yeah. in a row this past week. Also, Cleveland is on a three-game, uh, four-game skid. And these face uh, went four-game winning streak also got snapped this week. And they had the most points scored with 51 points. Most, their most points were scored this week with 58. Their previous record was 51 against OKC. Tallahassee, the feed of the Houston Iain is the first time. They were previously 0-2 in the battle of Pride Rock. Houston, third defeat in a row. Could be number four Thursday. Sparrows in the two years they've had, this was the least points allowed. Previous record was last season when they played the San Francisco Bulldogs when they had 13th. And also the biggest victory margin, 20. The previous record was 19 against Cleveland Vipers last season. Wow. And here is the season series. I mean, series. Um, Tallahassee. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to go into the games and the scores. We can just say the overall record. <laughs> yeah. And I will, I'm not going to get all the scores out over the history, but I will go who leads the series if people are interested. Right. Tallahassee and the Dallas, known as the law last year. Tell us to win the series one game to nothing. Right. Orlando and Cleveland. Cleveland is trying to be like it's January 2014 when they defeated the Intimidators 45-31 that season because the Orlando Intimidators are 5-1 and one overall against the Cleveland Vipers all time. And to touch on that... As you mentioned, that January 18, 2014 game. The Vipers were then known as the Stars, which means the Vipers, known as the Vipers, are 0-3 against the Intimidator. So I'm sure they would like to get that O off the board. Exactly. And Queen City and L.A. Sharks, teams that were known as the New York Knights and the San Francisco Bulldogs in their original expansion, have met 10 times. The Corsairs have won seven out of three, out of ten of those, and the and the Sharks have won three, which Sharks have not played in LA when Queen City. Right. Carolina and Santa Fe, and I'm surprised that uh, Mr. Ramos went forgot. There were two 
they were two battles. Well, actually, he is 2-1-0 against the all-time series. The student teacher bowl was 1-0. But they were known as the Hallelujah Legends at the time. And the Santa Fe Gorillas are 2-0 against the... The... the Carolina Scouts. Carolina Scouts. And I want to make this mention. While they are 2-0 and against Carolina, they have beaten Carolina twice by a total of seven points. One game was separated by three points. The other one was separated by four points. So they've had good, tight battles. The old CAG uh, and actually it's the, well, there is the CAG Bowl 5, but it, this is actually the sixth match against Baltimore in Minneapolis, and the series is 3-2. Mollers. And the mention on that one, do you know the Crabs won the first and the last one in this series? The Mollers won the three in the middle. Exactly. But at the time, the Minneapolis Mollers was uh, owned by the brother Kyle Loss, Eric Loss, Grand Rapids Rollers, where the Crabs won that game. I remember the running back for the Rollers was all-time great, David Baja, the previous one, that also plays for San Francisco. And Louisville and Houston, and a lot of people would be surprised about this, Houston actually leads the series two games to one. The teams met in week one of last year where Houston won 44-24. Houston lost in Louisville in their second game 38 to 28 in a 10-point game, and we all and you covered this one already. Where Houston won by a point on that play thing you did earlier, where Houston won 21 to 20. DC Dragons and the OKC Renegades. DC leads 1-0, and. NYC and Sparrows met last year where the Sparrows won 26-16. And that is this week's history. Thanks by Jake Welder. Under five, I believe, is the actual. Yeah. Fledler, Fledler, I can now say his name. Chris Lewis, how about I just say that? The defensive end, number 63, Santa Fe Gorillas. And we would like to thank him for very much for the information. It was very appreciative. And has there any has there been any messages posted since I was reading that? No. Well, I mean, it looks like everybody's winding down. So yes, yeah, so we've been on the air. We've been on the air two and a half hours. Exactly. So yeah, there's no need to be on here all night. So, exactly. I mean, unless we want to start talking about CAG. <laughs> that, that would be inside the CAG. <laughs> yeah, the inside the SFL. Well, guys, guys, I would like to thank Doug Bose um, for having me again this week. And it's been a good show. I hope you enjoyed it. But, I mean, I think we've covered a lot, even though we only had maybe... Well, we only had two calls tonight and had me singing. And, guys, make sure next week to call in more. I mean, it's easy. Unless you want to hear me and Doug, two, four men 
wrap their jaws for football for two and a half hours. And guys, we want to have y'all pause. That's all we want is your pause. We love, we'd love to get to know each other. And if we bring the inside the SSL every week on Saturday. <laughs> uh, but I want to let the community know that your future is in their hands. Exactly. What I mean by that, I am going to post in the daily discussion channel immediately following when this goes off the air, which will be any moment. It is going to be up to you. Save your thoughts and your opinions in the chat. Don't mention it here. Mention it in the daily discussion channel. Alan is now filled in for Ed a couple weeks back when he was in family situation that he was dealing with. And I think they had an outing. It was actually a good family situation. And he filled in for me this week on short notice after Ed up and left the league completely. I am looking for possibly various co-hosts each week or a brand new co-host. I am going to allow the community to vote on Alan's fate. Daily discussion <laughs> channel. I want you guys to go in there and use real simple. The sum up, the sum down. Okay, I want you to do the sum up, the sum down. I will do a reaction with both sums. And all I need you to do is to vote up or to vote down. Whatever the voting is, tomorrow morning when I wake up out of bed, whatever time that will be, whatever that poll says will determine Alan's future. If it is in a positive direction, I will contact Alan and I will ask you distinctly, would you like to be the official co-host of Inside the SFL, at which point you may accept or decline. If the community feels you are not doing a good enough job, we will have more further discussions later. <laughs> I mean, I'll try to do my best this week. Like I said, I mean, I've, I've worked, thanks for Jay Felder for filling uh, in the information, and I've watched a lot of game films to get prepared. So, guys, I mean, I will respect your decision either way. I mean, I'm good for you either way. I will call in as a guest host anyway. So, I mean... Like I said, I mean, y'all voted me. I mean, my cat guys voted me co-rookie here with Greg Forky. So, guys, I mean, I know I did a bad thing a couple weeks ago um, with a mistake, but this is a way for me to give back to the SFL community and just bring y'all a good positive and continue the show. I mean, Doug, I mean, I beg Doug to not... In the show last week, I mean, I begged him with all my heart, and I, I feel like we got a very good show. And I would like to continue the journey. So I'm leaving it in y'all's hands, and I will respect y'all's decision. But until then, I guess it's time to call it a night. Well, I've posted it early, even though we're not officially off the air. The message of we've gone off the air has now been posted. There's a thumb up, a thumb down. Remember, take one thumb off and one thumb down off in the totals. It's already three to one in your favor, and the one is the one I had to post to get the thumb up there to begin with. <laughs> so things are already looking good for you. So I'm going to end this show right here. 
And I appreciate you once again filling in. Thanks to all those who chimed in in the chat with comments, thoughts, opinions. Thanks to Ramos for calling in. Thanks to uh, Dion Hawkins for calling in. Um, so again, Alan, thanks. Um, I appreciate so, it. Till next week, which will be August the 20th, we will have another Inside the SFL. Uh, so until then, we'll see you on Twitch tomorrow night for the games, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, good night. Good night, guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.